on a warm summer's evening on a train bound for nowhere I met up with a gambler we were both too tired to sleep so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness the boredom overtook us and he began to speak he said hello and welcome to episode three of the beyond the fence podcast and this is one that i've been wanting to do for a really long time now and i've got two guests and we're going to talk all about nba trading cards with a bit of top shot in so our first guest is the same bloke from last week because i am so unoriginal uh tim ray tim's back tim how are you i'm doing well back again i'm gonna be here i can, I can see how this is happening started yeah. off as a solo pod with you and then i'm just gonna be roped into every single week but that's fine i enjoyed last but with, week but yeah with with no share in the profits the, <laughs> i mean the, oh, we're well, paying for everything so it's fine this time. This yeah it's just one big sunk cost <laughs> Uh, and our other guest, a very special inclusion today, all the way from NRL Boom Rookies and surprise card stonker, Mitch Doyle. <laughs> G'day, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. And Tim, I will let you know from years of podcasting, Ben is sitting on an absolute gold mine and he's hiding it from you. And I won't, I wouldn't take it in your position. Right when you start out, when you make the most money. So you get right on him and you ride him hard. But yeah, it's good to be here. I get invited on podcasts all the time and I say no because I'm a selfish prick. But this one is about something different, trading cards, and I'm hooked, so I'm looking forward to doing this. I'm really glad you said that, because like I said, I wouldn't have picked you just from your presence online as a card stonker, is the word I'm going to use. What got you into it? Oh, mate, it's... I've only been into it. I know you guys have been into it much longer than I have. I've only been into it last year, like many people who jumped into the hobby with the, the pandemic and just the boom that happened last year. But it's just, what I got into it for is not exactly the same reason why I'm still into it, but it was that basic thing of like, this felt like a stock market I understood. It felt like I understood player stocks and buying and selling and trading. It felt like, oh, I know how to back XYZ player in and see that grow from there. But of course, as many people who came in thinking they were just going to do investing, is I've also turned into a collector. So I still do a bit of both. I do investment to you know, make more than break even on it. But I love sinking money into terrible cards that I want to buy off me as well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually interesting you brought up the pandemic because I got into it, I think, because Tim, you were into it a few years ago and I think I piggybacked off you yeah. initially and I kind of like dipped my toe in. I bought when boxes were cheap enough that you could buy it, like a proper box, I would buy those. But then I kind of faded away for two years and I came back, yeah, like you said, Mitch, just the pandemic got me back into it because I had nothing else to do. I think now I'm here to stay. Um, Tim, what was your origin? Because, yeah, like I said, you got me into it, but I think yeah. you, yeah. I think like... I was pretty hazy. I think it was like the beginning of like 2016, maybe end of 2015. Um, I think I just like stumbled across like a, it's like a National Treasures break on YouTube and I just watched and I thought like, obviously that's the highest of high end, but it was yeah. much more affordable at the time. I thought, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. I remember, I think I linked it to you and then you were like, what are you talking about? This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, obviously, yeah, it was much easier when it was, uh, I say it when it, when it was more niche, like it's not still a niche thing, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it was like 2016, 17, yeah, we opened a lot of 16, 17 boxes, I think. Yeah. Well, I opened a lot of 13, 14 stuff and now I've got bloody Peyton Seaver rookie autos just sitting (laughs) around at home collecting dust. Um, Have you got much Ben Simmons in 2016 then? Because that, that's one of the dudes, obviously, for an Aussie. Uh, I've got, we didn't get the whole time. I think we got that 
what a town's rookie auto. Yeah, nice. did, we, yeah, because we went in together. Did you ever pay me back for my share in that? I, I gave you a canard <laughs> fast break PSA nine. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that worth now? This feels like you've been ripped off, Ben. A little bit. Well, I mean, we sold the towns for what a hundred bucks. Yeah, we so. sold the towns for a hundred bucks. I bought the canard for fifty. I don't know how much more even it can be. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just the. I feel like this, is, this gets brought up a lot. I feel as well. Yeah, I know. It's well, yeah, because I totally forgot about it, and then you brought it up, so it's on you. Yeah. Well, I can tell you guys have been friends for a while. Just start this is some schoolyard. Bickering, <laughs> <laughs> especially during the early days of the stories. Um, because I, it's funny you mentioned yeah, because obviously boxes were way, way cheaper back then that you could just like go on eBay or one of the sites and just pick up a box for like hundred bucks. So I bought one, had it delivered to my family home, and then mum's like, oh, what's this? It's a package for you. And I was like, oh, it's basketball cards. And she's like, looked at me like I just told her I was moving to Saudi Arabia or something. And she's like, what? Basketball cards? How much did you spend on them? But I started opening them, and she's like, oh, this is really cool. Can I open one? I was like, oh, here we go. Just as I knew it was going to happen. And then that's in, yeah, Stephen Adams patch auto and Peyton Seaver patch auto. And she's like, oh, he signed it. Is that worth a lot? And I was like, no, mum. No, Peyton Seaver. <laughs> is not worth anything. I'm sorry. But um, obviously, Peyton Seaver, the trashest of trash Pistons rookies. Uh, Tim, we'll start with you. Who's in your PC? Because I know, you know, people get into the hobby partly collecting, partly just to yeah. make money. But obviously, the, the cards you get that you keep must mean something. So, yeah, who do you personally collect? Yeah, I'd consider my main PC to be like high-end bucks, autographs. I'm looking at like National Treasures... Noir, uh, Immaculate. Um, and then obviously I've got a ton of rookies that I like, but I consider a lot of those like expendable on, on the way to getting back to, because obviously Giannis card's ridiculous. Um, I sold mine at the absolute wrong time. I, think <laughs> I sold a, a numbered rookie auto uh, three years ago for 200 bucks, and that card's now like five grand. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. I needed the money at the time, but like, yeah, I, I think I could have used the, the 4.8 differential there. But yeah, I consider my main sort of PC to be box cards, um, patch autos. Um, and then, yeah, dabble in the rookies as a way to sort of um, bridge the gap towards the Giannis cards. So a certain rookie, would you say, that plays for the Cavaliers? <laughs> there, there are, uh, which one? Oh, well, I mean, for, what do you mean? Oh, what, both of them? I've got Winler stuff as well. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Anyone want, if anyone wants to buy some windless stuff, there's two guys here. Because, <laughs> 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 yeah, well, I'm just trying to get into the Darius Garland appreciate, appreciation hour early so we can get move past that, because I'm going to sit that one out and just let you two go. Well, he might be the... I mean, it's getting off topic already, but like he could easily be the second to fourth best player in that class, and that's a really good class. Yeah, he, he, what, where would you put him now? He's... I think he's obviously jumped over Kobe White. People have realised that. It's yeah. uh, Zion and Jar, obvious. Yes. Sekou Zumbuya is about to stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing For, it. Who are we thinking at three? I, I, I really like RJ Barrett, but like I think it's... Both of those guys are sort of underrated in a sense from sort of perspective. I feel like if you asked people generally who's the third, I feel like you'd get a different answer like Tyler Harrow or something. Oh. <laughs> I'm with you. I think RJ Barrett's one of those ones. Is it RJ Barrett fatigue? He's been really good this season and nothing's happened with his card prices. Yeah. They've just been the same. And Garland's injuries and, and, and the Cavs' injuries haven't helped his 
market value, but it's just helped me pick up more and more. Like the start of the year when he boomed a bit and started the season, I sold a bit. But I've just, yeah, slowly picked up more as his price has gone down. But I agree, I think he's one of the best players in that class. And I think if you can get him still cheap now, we both think that because we're biased here, but I think he's a good investment. I think as... I've seen the size of your piles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look at players like, like RJ Barrett, Darius Garland. If you don't, as a rookie, if you, your sort of card price is determined by what happens when you immediately play. And if you don't like come out of the blocks firing like Zion or Jar did, your price just seems to tank straight away, and it takes a lot for that to get back. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of um, Keldon Johnson as well. Yeah, Random man. stump throw I took. I didn't know he'd be this good. But he's also, like, dipped in performance a lot, and nobody cares. Yeah. It's like saying that his performance is at a certain level, and I can still flog his cards for heaps. And he's not doing that well, and no one seems to care. It's, as you said, people that get stuck in, they have this good run, and you get to live off that for a while. Tyler Harrow's prices are totally get ruined, and so have Kobe White's, but I don't know why RJ and Darius haven't haven't bounced back. I found that with PJ Washington at the beginning of last year. Like, he he came out of the blocks really quickly and was looking like he was one of the best rookies straight away. Kendrick Nunn as well. Mm. And then those guys maintained, like, a higher level compared to the other rookies for such a long time until it sort of... So I I didn't have much of either because I just thought they were overvalued. And then suddenly you go from that sort of flip the switch from overrated to underrated. That's sort of where the time to to buy is, I guess. Yeah. In terms of, in terms of my PC, because I'm only new to the hobby, there's some guys that if I was in it a few years ago that I'll, I'd be collecting more of if I could afford them. Like, as most people who aren't from America, I knew Luca would be good because we're not geniuses. Just because it seems to be Americans didn't think he'd be great because he didn't play ball there. But uh, I obviously would have had more Luca, but I can't afford Luca now. Yeah. <laughs> so. As as Tim said, the goal now is a lot of it is like probably I'd treat 75% of the cards I have as currency. And then the other 25% is, yeah, you're trying to keep those ones, the ones you want to invest in long-term. So I've got a bit of Jarmorant, Zion, Garland, and they're not unique, but I also got a bit of DK Metcalf rookie for NFL, quite a few of those. Some Keldon Johnson, who I'll probably sell, even though I like him, he's just too overpriced. I'll probably sell some of that. And I do have a bit of RJ Barrett because it's just like, I just don't believe that this guy can keep performing in New York and they make the playoffs and his money, his price does not get bigger. Like, yeah. Like I've got a, on my desk next to me now, I've got a purple optic, my house, RJ Barrett, PSA 10. And it only cost me like 50 bucks a few months ago. And it's still only worth like 50 or 60 bucks. And I don't get it. It costs like 40 <laughs> bucks to grade the card and he's playing well. And it's like, I don't get it. In New but, York. Yeah. That New yeah. York money. Yeah, and the other thing I do, I also collect, you said, series. Like I don't, I really like Obsidian. I've got quite a bit of Obsidian. I haven't gotten enough National Treasures, as you mentioned, or Immaculate. But the other one I really like, I like Optic, and I like Optic rated rookies, or like the My House cards. And I don't mind Revolution, but I'm only looking for, like, if I can get some nice Revolution parallels in a slab. Because otherwise I look like cheap shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've got probably underrated picks there. Like, um, I'm not a terribly huge fan of obsidian but the fact yeah. that it is somewhat limited is the appeal there like i think because you've got uh like take zion and jar for example because they've got so many different rookies if you can get ones that are somewhat limited and obviously variants are becoming more important um those are cards that are probably going to hold up longer yeah 
I mean, here's an example for you on the, on the Obsidian product. Like, the box costs $700 for seven cards. For, it's yeah. like, they want it to be worth something, but an example today, I'm trying to buy some tour in uh, in the NFL because I just feel like I don't love tour, but I feel like I'll be able to sell him when there's preseason hype after they draft a wide receiver. So I'm buying some tour cards up. Anyway, today I was watching an Obsidian patch of tour out of 50 in the US. I didn't buy it, but it didn't sell for 26 US dollars. It was listed starting bids. It didn't sell. That's a patch of his. He's worn it in an out of 50, but his base optic rated rookie goes for more than that. So yeah. there's only 50 of that other card. As you said, at some point, people will recognize it's not been around, been around long enough to get that cachet, that series obsidian. At some point, the, sh- the print count will matter. Yeah, it's just people like just not understanding, I guess, or misplacing the product cycle. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the rookie base cards even just get so inflated that I guess that's why you just keep buying. Like if you just walk into a Kmart and you see a pack of hoops, you just buy the, the lot out because you know you'll at least get most likely just some stuff that's going to be worth break-even price at worst because, yeah, people just overpriced rookies, at least at the very start. But in terms of my own PC, I'm not as much of a a trader because and p- most of it is just laziness and refusing to learn how to use the post office. <laughs> but, but yeah, I just like to collect anything and everything pistons. That's why I've got a lot of... Seku Dumbuya that I'm trying to, I'm desperately hoping that Dwayne Casey just sees the light and plays him a bit more just to get some sort of respectability in his prices. Uh, well, actually, in saying that, if he stays cheap, then it's good for me because I can buy them all. Um, but then this year, obviously, all the Pistons rookies, there's four of them, which is the first time in forever. So Killian Hayes is the main one. It's ironic because he's the only one who's actually not played much because he got injured after like five games and that was really depressing. But then it's just a bunch of like Aussies. So I've just started a small... Um, Australian PC. I've got some Josh Green, some Matisse Thibel. I'm claiming RJ Hampton as an Aussie just because he played here <laughs> last year. Um, and I've also fallen ass backwards but, uh, just because I kept getting him so frequently in breaks. Uh, a Ty Jerome PC. So I've got... Um, oh, where is it? It's on my desk somewhere. A Ty Jerome... Tim, is it... I've got Revolution or Chronicles autograph rookie. It's encased, mate. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> oh, a much nicer series. <laughs> the point, oh, here we go. Yeah, a Ty Jerome rookie encased uh, auto patch numbered to, what's that? To 90, uh, 99. 99, I think, yeah. It's yeah. a shame it wasn't one of those pre-graded ones, but on the flip side, that product was terrible last year. Like, the grades what they were giving it were, like, 8s and 9s. Like, that's embarrassing to release a product like that. But just the fact that I have now got, like, several relatively high-end or like medium to high end Ty Jerome cards. Like I don't like Ty Jerome. I don't watch the Suns. Is he even on the Suns? No, he's not on the Suns anymore. He's playing OKC. He started the game. The well, that's, so it's funny because Tim's the same. You fought, you fell ass backwards into a Kyle Guy PC. Oh yuck! I love <laughs> Kyle Guy. But so we did this about the same time. We just started falling across these two random players. Ty Jerome has somewhat held value. And Kyle Guy's just absolutely tanked. Kyle Guy had a, like, there was like a, a period of about, I don't know, six hours where people valued Kyle Guy. <laughs> <laughs> now, not so much. I feel sorry for you. Are you known as a Kyle Guy guy? Because I feel sorry for those guys in Facebook groups who are known for collecting someone's shit because they get tagged in every post ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, well, are you known I, as that? Yeah. Well, I haven't. Publicly, not publicly. I'm not known as a Kyle Guy guy. 
Yeah, I would. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that a lot. It's and then they ex- people expect them to pay more because they sort of they're, yeah. no, they're the known collector of that player. <laughs> yeah, and and the other thing I PC Ben, I PC product. I'm I'm chasing unopened boxes all the fucking time. Like that's like the thing I want the most. Good price unopened that, boxes. That's to flip though mainly. No, it's not that. Like again, that's the thing. If someone is listening to this and they think they're a hobbyist, they'll think I'm the devil. But I'm like. <laughs> Again, and it all, it, all those people do the same thing I do. If they ripped a good card out of the box and they sold it for heaps, they're still flipping it. I like to open a lot of it. Opening is still the most fun part of the hobby. It just is. It's just like a gambling addiction. You don't feel like you're gambling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like to open, like, say if I buy 10 blasters, I like to open five or six, and then the other ones cover the costs if I sell them, and then that's profit. From anything from there is profit, or what I keep is what I keep. Like... I'm not going to go into too much of, of, of what I've made and, and the moves I've made, because I think my missus says she'll kill me if I give away too many secrets. She thinks they are, even everyone's doing it. But the, the other week, I bought I bought 10 Hoots Blasters, the, the low-end paper product, the, the first product release of the year, the NBA Hoots product. That's in retail. You can get Kmart packs now for $4 a piece. But I've got 10 of them for $450. And... I got ruined on one of them on an eBay auction. I only got, oh, sorry, on a Facebook auction. I only yeah, saw we, one both, for we both saw that. <laughs> yeah, I only made about 65 bucks on that. And you could probably, I probably, you know, a lot of them resell for about 100. But what I did, I opened five of the boxes. And the first thing I did was list every half-decent card in that box on eBay for a one-day auction. And I made bank because I was the first person on eBay with that card. It wasn't the first in Australia, but one of the first in Australia for certain cards. So, you know... I was getting 100 plus for a hollow Lamello arriving now that won't happen now. I was getting, you know, the slam inserts. The inserts that are going for $15 now, I was getting over 30 Like, you get it up there, get rid of it as fast as possible. Not because I don't like those cards or I'm just trying to get make money. That's part of it. But it's like, that's how the, the product cycle is ridiculous. People pay way too much at the start. I'm going to buy back all the hoop slam cards. I love them. But I'm just get make the profit and then buy them back later. So that's pretty much what I do, and, and flip half the product. So it's just like making sure I'm not carrying the bag of I just spent four hundred fifty dollars on boxes of cards, and I might get nothing out of them. Did you just say you could find stuff at Kmart? Because you're lying. Oh, <laughs> mate, I have uh, again. I I have got a click and collect confirmed for Kmart, mate. <laughs> if you live in like Bathurst or Tugra, I saw Katoomba. Those Kmart's and Targets have it in stock. Well, Hobart's on the same scale as those, and that's got yeah. sweet FA, so. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I think getting and getting and ripping products is still the most fun part. Like, I know buying it, you know, a lot of people say you're better off buying the direct cards you want, and at least I'd have less base cards sitting around my study, but yeah, buying, ripping products is definitely the most fun for yeah. me still. That's the main issue that I've got with just bulk collecting, is I've just got tons and tons of base sitting around. Like, there was that product... Tim, you remember this? The silver lined ones. I forget what it's called. I think it's um. Uh, Thirteen, fourteen, elite. Yeah, that's the ones. They bend after about six hours out of the packet. So, <laughs> and they've been sitting there for like four years now. So they are just almost folded in half. But yeah, like I've got stacks and stacks of. Some of it's numbered as well, but it's just it's worth like three cents. So. So if you're um, listening to this, by the way, if you don't know what card what we're talking about, we're talking about base cards. It's like. Rookies are what you want. You always want rookies, and the only way other cards like inserts or autos or rare cards of, of great players like LeBron and Giannis and, and Luca, those guys will always have value. But pretty much when you open a pack of cards, you guys probably remember when you were like five years old or ten years old, you might open a packet of Pokemon cards or a packet of NRL cards. Yeah, got to find like, those back. 
Yeah, the first like twelve cards of the pack are worth zero dollars. They're garbage. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is just like one of one hundred thousand. It's actually or... costing you to own them. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is Bogdanovic, one of one hundred thousand of just whatever a base card. You know, it's his fifth year in the league, and nobody cares. It's worth nothing. <laughs> you know, so that and those end up happening. Like, you don't, I don't know, I don't want to throw them out. So they're just like in a box in the corner. Like you probably have the same thing, Ben. Oh yeah, well yeah. I think I'm just if I ever get around to selling, I'll just probably use them as packing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I use a lot of them for is packing. Like yeah, if they buy, if I was gonna sell like this, if I ever sold my Ty Jerome PC one day, I'm sure I'd just pack it with a bunch of like base Ty Jerome's from his third year. <laughs> just just to get rid of it all, just to wash my hands of the shame. <laughs> I like it. But, I mean, no, nah, there's worse players to have stumbled across than Ty Jerome, like Carl Guy, for example. That that hurts. Well, mate, you could have been someone who bought lots of Tyler Hero last year. Yeah, that was yeah. all Kobe White. Yeah, uh, you are in absolute pain right now if you bought those guys last year. Yeah. Just the fact that you know that you can't really move your stuff. Like, you, you've got to wait until sort of the market picks up again, unless you really want to take that sort of... A lot of people, four-figure losses. Uh, 100%, man. I, um, I won on American eBay about a month ago, I won a Kobe, no, two months ago, a Kobe white silver, my house for one cent. Like that was the only bid. <laughs> and I can't get $10 for it now over here. Cause I obviously I had to pay the, I paid one cent and got the shipping. Shipping was $4. Ship my cards, charge you $2. So I'm in the hole now for $6 and one cent American, <laughs> like $8. Look, I'll try and get 15, 10, 15 bucks for it. And I can't. <laughs> so I don't have the guys who went and like that card on its own would have sold over a hundred bucks last year. So I don't have people who bought at the higher feeling right now on those guys. Yeah, but at the same time, it's their own fault because you don't buy players just off one flash of a playoff series. That's asking for trouble. You don't buy and hold them. If you if you bought well, them, then, you got rid of them. Then you probably did all right. But if you sat on them hoping, like somehow Tyler Harrow's cards that were selling for this nearly as much as Zion's and Jars, they were never maintaining that value. Yeah, no, that I was think a, a flash boom. Yeah. I think a lot of people are probably misguided with how many of like like as as good as of a class as last year is. There's only going to be two or three, maybe four at the most guys that maintain value over the next six, seven, eight years. Because you look at the classes back and there's one, maybe two guys from each year that are like desired rookies still and their cards can consistently go up because they can't become superstars. But yeah. it seems like, you know, if you, Kobe White, Tyler Herrick, you can name guys and guys and guys that it's just, it's not feasible that every single rookie last year is going to maintain their value moving forward. Yeah, it's like th this year's class, for example, like it has been better than people expected, but I still don't want to be, I don't want to hold any of the cards for this year. Unless I can get, I don't know, I don't see my Keldon Johnson yet. Maybe there's one sitting there, but I don't want to hold any of the cards that like this year, really. Because like, Lamelo, for example, right now, is still getting his Hoots base for 10, 20 or $30. You can buy a, a Zion or a Jar Morant Hoots base for, for like 15 bucks. Yeah. He's not worth what they're worth. And the price will only go down from here. But yeah, this is like the odds of anyone from this class being an all-star. This is an all-star feel quite low. I think you might, there might be all-stars in this class, but to the level of a jar or a Zion seems very, un, seems pretty unlikely. If, if it's, I'd be surprised if it's someone other than Lamelo or maybe Anthony Edwards. 
Well, you just got to look at like Trey Young's prices, mate. He is absolutely yeah. tanked, yeah. and and he's still as you people would think he's one of the best young players in the NBA. And because he wasn't an All Star this year and hasn't had the, hasn't had the same center of the season, his prices he's gone down like sixty percent since the start of the season. Awful. Yeah, that's the whole point of like when we say players are trash, like they we don't mean that. It's just they have absolutely zero. Like even Kevin Durant, like a lot of his stuff is worth nothing. Like just not a lot. Anthony Davis, I've got a whole stack of Lakers Anthony Davis stuff sitting here that I'm like, oh. Like variants of um, like the mighty inserts from whatever set that is. That's how mm. good I am at remembering. Certified, <laughs> certified. Um, but yeah, like they're just not worth anything because there's just so few players from each class, like you guys have said, that just maintain a plus ratio, like buy to sell. Because otherwise, it's just you're just holding paper for no yeah. reason. And then there's other guys that there's no explanation for it, but the hobby values. Like for example, Michael Porter Jr. is a pretty good player. Yeah. But is he the, the worth, like, if you compared his card prices to other guys in the NBA of the same price, he is an outlier. He's not as good as the other players around him in that same price range. That reminds me. I've got a Porter Jr. game ticket sitting right here. Yeah, I have an Obsidian next to me as well that I'm, uh, I don't know, I think I'm waiting for a, not the pl- a playoff game, but just before the playoffs. Because everyone thinks they're going to sell on the playoffs. So I'm going to sell just before the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's sort of the the problem is as well, like the sort of group think with that. I was example of that is probably last year. It was f- fairly obvious that Ja Morant was going to be the rookie of the year. Mm. So that was already built into the price of his cards two months before it happened. There wasn't going to be that bump because people were already building it into the price at the time. Yeah. I think the weird thing that that class, the weird thing is how Zion's prices have like dipped and just stayed dipped. Yeah. What was the expectation with him? He has been sensational, and it's his prices are still down. It's like I, don't I think it's, it's a annoying. great buy window. It's annoying because I got a um in a break. I got a Zion first steps court kings last year that I think Ooh. when I got it was worth I think three hundred, but within about a week or two, it had dipped to like one fifty. So now I'm just kind of stuck holding it, hoping that it bounces back up to something resembling the the previous level. Well, speaking of first steps in one of the best cards in my collection Darius Garland's first steps he is wearing Spongebob Nikes <laughs> one of my, that's one of the cards I'm not selling I mean I might just end up not selling it just because it's it's a it's a cool set to have just the first steps it's a different idea I like it I think but Zion's I mean, a weird high, anomaly in yeah. the sense that he was so overpriced so early mm. that his price exceeded what he was producing and then it, it dipped as, you know, obviously uh, they came back. They didn't make the playoffs, the bubble and whatnot. But now it's sort of, uh, it's probably, like I said, it went below sort of that equilibrium where he's probably worth. And now because I guess people had the perceptions and, and whatnot, people are very, it seems in cards that people are very set into their initial perceptions of players. Yeah. And the market in general and not, specifically what is happening at that time. But yeah, I'd agree. I think I'm not sure whether Zion's necessarily undervalued at this point, but more the fact that it is it seems maybe because he was so unreasonably high at the beginning, it seems like he's dipped a lot. Uh, but maybe that's just sort of normalizing. I guess we'll see what happens probably moving on from now. He's getting a bit of a bit of buzz over the last he's, weekend. 
his price has gone back up a little bit, but yeah, yeah. like guys like him and Luca, how they have tanked so much. And I don't know again what the expectation was on those guys. It feels like Luca now. I'm missing this buy window because I can't afford his slab cards. But like, people are going to look back on this period in like a year or two and go, "Why the hell were Luca cards going down?" Yeah. What are we doing? It's like, yeah, what are we doing? Because his season has bounced back. He had a rough like one or two weeks at the start of the year, and we like just baked that into his prices for the whole season. And it does make you realize as well that like a lot of this community, it's a big community now. A lot of them aren't as watching as much basketball as you'd think they would be for collecting the cards. Yeah. Like they hear Luca had a, a dip. That's it. Well, and and as well, I guess the the way that his cards were going, it was people building into that price. Okay, he's going to be MVP next season. Yeah, true. So let's sell the cards at that price, and then you can you can't really go up from there. Because it's, yeah. Um, I, I do feel like he's still the best long-term investment in the NBA in cards. Yeah, probably. Well, given that his, there are a lot less Luca rookies than there are Zion and Jar rookies. I think that makes him much more attractive, like off-court alone, sort of purely yeah. cards. Um, just look at like the difference in, in their Chronicles, um, Chronicle cards. Like if you, you want to buy a, a studio Luka Doncic, it'll cost you $100. If you want to buy one of the Chronicles, Sion or Jar, you can get any of them for like 10 bucks. Except for the Luminance, baby. <laughs> the, the Luminance is like what? The Jar Luminance is a $30, $35 card? It is. Yeah. Great and that's probably, card. probably the most iconic card of 1920. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. That's the one you sent me, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Great card. The offensive foul. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like a lot of those guys aren't fully paying attention, which is fine. And the other bizarre thing at the market too is how quickly someone being injured for like a week or two can just kill their price. Like, <laughs> I don't understand it's a long-term game, but things like I I wasn't a big Colin Sexton believer early on as a Cavs fan, but I bought cards when I got into the hobby like out of obligation, <laughs> so, like I had to invest it in. And when he had that game against Brooklyn. I sold like so much of his cards because they were going for like three or four times what I paid for them like a month earlier. Then he gets hurt and the price just goes straight back down to where it was. Yeah. It's like, guys, he was out for like a week. It's such a reactionary market. And that's why like when a new product comes out for mine, most, unless you've hit a card, you think like, for example, in this NBA hoop series this year, they have this slam insert series and, um, their slam magazine covers on cards. They're awesome. It's, I think it's, um, I like hoops more than Don Russ anyway, but I think it's kicked it ahead of Don Russ this year for sure. Um, but I hit a hollow Zion slam insert and that's the only one I didn't really flog as soon as possible out of the, all the inserts I got, because like, I think that's going to only gain value. I could sell it for a hundred bucks now, but I don't know if I could buy it back for less than 80. It's not worth the transaction. Yeah, I held on to that one. But most of them, mate, it's the best off just getting rid of the stuff as soon as possible. So it's a, it's a weirdly reactionary market for something that involves a lot of people's money. Hmm. And it's it's interesting how it it repeats with every product. Like, the first card sold on eBay is usually the highest, without fail. And it keeps happening. Like, Lamello yeah. Hoops rookie cards base were going for 90 bucks when they first came out, product first came out in America. 90 like, high, worth higher than that. Wow. I mean, there were ones going like the first ones sold were like one fifty. Wow, and they're definitely going to be a ten dollar card or fifteen dollar card by the end of the end of the season. Prism drops in America on Wednesday, 
we should get to prism don't like like i can't stand that series but i it's like the currency of nba card markets you have to be into it yeah but that'll drop and once that drops we'll see these hoops and donruss and paper cards value just bottom out i don't really have a i don't like or hate prism either way i just think the they're just weird they're just a bit different like all those weird die cuts and yeah i don't know i don't really bother myself with them too much i don't like fiend for them like i do hoops all the higher end stuff yeah. um it's just kind of there for me it's not a fun rip for mine prism and maybe I'll, I'll find that different in the future but i've ripped some of those boxes and packs and it's like it feels like high, it is high risk high reward but it just feels so high risk the entire time and you pull up open like say you open a fat pack and you get like 14 vet cards and then you get an average rookie and it's like well i just spent 30 or 40 dollars on that pack and it's worth what i pulled out was worth four dollars you know? Yeah, it, it seems like, but that's kind of the, it's got the higher, sorry, the lower range, Yeah. or it's more top heavy. Like, yeah. if you get one of the, the higher ones, then you're in the green, but there's just so few of them. Like, it's a mainly loaded, low-end set. Yeah, whereas, like, I think Hoops is a really fun rip, and it's cheap. Like, there's cool inserts, like the jersey oh, hoops swaps. The, yeah, Hoops is the gateway. It is, and Slam, and you can rip it back. And, like, as you said earlier, mate, you're, like, you're guaranteed pretty much to make money off those packs if you open them right now. Like there's, if you okay. wanted to, if you got your hands on a Kmart $4 pack, you could sell the pack instantly anyway. But if you open that pack, there's most likely going to be a card worth more than $10 in it. Yeah, it's unless not... you get really unlucky with like one of, like I've got a few slam inserts right here. You could just get really unlucky with like, just or like, sorry, if you just get those vanity plates, which I thought looked cool, but they're Nobody actually wants worth, them. <laughs> they're worth <laughs> nothing. Yeah, oh, if, cool even at worse, you could probably sell the two rookies in the pack for a dollar each and the vanity plates for two dollars, and there's your four. That's it, mate. Like exactly what I started doing. I, I opened heaps of those blaster packs I ordered, and I, some of the packs like hit like an out of fifteen Giannis red uh, red prism in there. One of them sold that for eighty bucks. Whatever, great pack. Heaps of the packs had really good stuff in them, but I hit one pack that had like nothing but shit rookies in it. But I still sold all the cards in that pack for like. I just listed them as a lot on eBay and still made like $9 plus postage. Is that a bunch of Theo Maladons in there? No, oh, mate. No, I'm talking like um, Cassius Winston's <laughs> and, um, and the, those likes. But Prism feels like, you know, you pay a lot for that product and it feels a lot of risk. But it's one of the ones, if you want to invest in a player, you, ha- you kind of have to buy their cards in Prism. If you think, you know, I believe that Zion is going to be an all-star for the next decade. You kind of need to own a Prism card then. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, Prism is like the top... It's the rookie card. So yeah. you... I, for me, almost, it's not worth opening Prism as much as it is. No. Just buy the Zion in the PSA 10. Like, if you want to invest in that, you probably save money on it rather than searching for it. Because the, the added issue with the Prism is if you open the Zion and then it's off-center, you're instantly not getting as much as what you thought you were. Like, you... A lot of people would expect, you know, you open a pack, I'm going to get PSA 10s on. But if you open it, it's off-center, maybe an edge is gone. Instantly, you're in the PSA 9 range, and you're how much down the drain already trying to open the prism. Let alone, it's almost impossible to find it retail anyway. It's yeah, going to it be is. such a goose chase <laughs> trying to get that. I mean, I'll probably sit it out. I'm, I'm really hoping that... See, I think I value Optic is probably the best, because it's sort of the mix between the paper cards, but then it's also a bit of a gloss. Uh, rated rookie logo. Um, they're nicer cards. Mate. I just they see, I think fun. they look better. The parallels yeah. look better. Yeah. Like, 
you talk about the ripping. I haven't ripped any NBA optic. I haven't been lucky enough yet. I'm hoping to this year. But I just, this last three or four months, I've ripped open heaps of M- NFL prism and uh, five blasters of M- NFL optic. And I'm like scratching like a crackhead for more optic. Prism, <laughs> I felt bad after it. Like prism, I still made money out of it. And I got a Justin Herbert, red, white, and blue uh, rookie card, which I like, covered the cost of pretty much everything I spent and whatever. I got rid of that. But the optic ones, mate, like in an optic blaster, there's there's four packs, sorry, six ca- packs of four cards. There's only two base cards in that pack. So in the other pack, in the rest of those, in all those packs, at least half your cards, you're opening 24 cards, at least 12 of them are rookies and inserts. So like I had, I opened five blasters of NFL optic. And if you don't follow NFL, I'm sorry, but you know, essentially I got a Justin Herbert base rated rookie. I got a Tua purple optic shock rated rookie and just those two alone paid for more than everything else that's not even throwing in i got two justice jeffersons a silver jefferson optic shock jefferson i got a silver claypool an optic shock claypool i got a chase young rated rookie and a chase young jersey patch rookie phenoms like all that stuff in those packs i opened way more prism and yeah i hit i hit a one base jalen hurts and i hit the um the herbert we mentioned other than that i didn't hit anything i felt guilty and i had all this stack of veteran <laughs> prison base cards I felt like, like these are garbage and they all stink. these all these all pro nfl players that are just worth nothing yes the uh, yeah, only ones that i i managed to sell all the bucks ones vets i ripped because people obviously bought to well hype yeah but like yeah the rest of this again sitting in a box here optic is just like feels way more fun and i don't know if the hobby's changing it looks like select is the one becoming the the um rival to prison which i don't mind so a bit of select as well but I still feel like optic rated rookies. And I think you mentioned this team before we recorded. That feels like that's the one that has a real potential to, to challenge prism over time because it's like the only rookie card that actually has its unique rookie stamp as well. Not just the RC yeah. in the court. It is a rated rookie card. Yeah. I think you see a lot in the hobby. Uh, people can't afford PSA 10 prism. So mm. then either they look, they, they buy the PSA nine. I think that's happening with people can't afford prism anymore. So then they're buying select and then you sort of trickle down. And you get, but yeah, for I think the general hierarchy at the moment is probably Prism Select, and then I'd probably put Optic third, unless I'm forgetting. Yeah, I think Optic's the third, like rookie. If you're talking about like the rookie, you want to get, yeah, like um, the the iconic rookie for that player. Yeah, like um, you're not, obviously you're ignoring that those really high end boxes don't. They, really that's count. What I was gonna say like if they don't count in the like because they're not the easily you know movable ones. Well, they're well, only, only hobby boxes generally. Yeah, in those you're looking for the. The autographs really like autos. Yep. Um, unfortunately, those boxes are padded out with some pretty embarrassing autos for like a seven hundred dollar box. But yeah, or spaces, spaces as well. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, I, I feel like Prism. The... Prism is the one I won't blame anybody for not, not to buying and not opening a single pack. <laughs> well, you're the non-traditionalist, so I mean, they, yeah. they probably hate you anyway. Yeah, I know, mate. But I'll, but I'll see them on Facebook. No, Tim, you brought up earlier when we were talking about the prison, the, like if something's off-centred, and I think a big issue, not issue, but a big like thing this year, especially with just the hilarity of some of them, is the misprints in general. And I guess they can get, like, they obviously tank value. But the, the one misprint that I really loved is the one you told me about, the Justin Holiday um, branded as Miles Turner, which I just thought was oh. hilarious. But... I just like, I love how interesting it is in general that, like, the collectors, the hobby in general, just overvalues certain things 
like just certain arbitrary factors like yeah these misprints are funny but then you've also got like the thing with like jersey numbers uh on the autos or like just a low number in general like an ebay one of one or whatever like you know that sort of stuff i just don't get like why like i'm not gonna i'm not looking for a killian hayes auto that's numbered and like if it's number seven or number 37 out of like i don't care yeah. i don't see why people are just dumping extra money to get that one that matches the number i just don't get it i'm not as sure as much i think most people probably share your opinion there but it's like a, a thing that you can market your card and sell it for x amount extra and it's sort of become a well, somewhat legitimized thing in the hobby like there's yeah. a lot of like crappy practices that happen on ebay and i think it's just another one like ebay 101 you see some stupid ones like oh one off one off the jersey number <laughs> well every card's a one-on-one technically every insert or every numbered card is a one-on-one because there's only one of that number oh there you go yeah i've gained the system there pack it <laughs> all let's go home yeah i'm with yeah. you i think the people value that because they they're told it's worth something yes something, yeah a lot of the well, hobbies actually, filled up those people who get who buy lamello when it drops for 150 bucks well that's that's exactly right because i remember when i first got into not just buying the stuff, but when I first got into the online part of it, so like in getting in the groups and watching breaks and all that sort of stuff, like people would talk about, oh, that's a jersey numbered card. And I'm thinking, oh, that must be worth more. So I'd like enter breaks and I'd bust packs trying to get like, well, just looking for anything really. And I'd see a numbered card and oh, what number is it? And it's like not the number. It's like, oh, it's worthless. Damn it. <laughs> Throw it out. <laughs> yeah, I had this, you know, one of one LeBron, but he's number 23, so it's worthless. <laughs> nah, yeah, but you're right. They just do, they feed whatever information that their trend or like what they've got. Like if certain like companies just have a load of all these numbered cards, like oh these are worth way more, and then people will just buy them because they're really loyal to their own. Yeah, they're sheep, really. Like they'll just follow whatever they're being told. And I was like that until I realised, hang on, this means nothing at all. I think that somewhat plays into why people value Prism as the top as well. Is that like people are, I guess if it wasn't, maybe the money wouldn't necessarily follow it. But I think people that enter the hobby, if you're told that, you know, the, the Prism rookie card is the one to buy, then they're going to go and buy that card. And that just yep. maintains it at the top. Like there's no real reason why Prism needs to be at the top. They're certainly not the most expensive cards. They're not even... The most, they're, they're not that good to look at either. They're not. And it's and... really busy and robotic and... I don't know. They don't really photo up that well either. Like when you take a photo on eBay, they don't look that fancy. And then like, as you said, it feels like a, or for Facebook sales, or for example, or if you see someone I else... Don't, like, I don't sell anything around that. You buy, if you buy one as well, they don't look that great. But like the thing Tim mentioned is like, they're really highly misprint for the type of product they are. They're, there's so many misprints on Prism. Like, and he said a little bit off center and your, your, your value of your entire box open can be, can be messed up. Yeah. It's a gamble. For sure. It's not to say there's not problems with other... Like, I really like Optic, but those shock optics can be pretty crappy. Same with the the pinks. Can, there's a lot of print lines in Optic. Yeah, I um, think... On non-base. I checked... Like, so I got about, like, you know, 15 to 20-odd purple Optics and my in the pack of the box I opened. Only two of them haven't got print lines, and they're two rookies that don't matter. Jason yeah. Huntley at the uh, Detroit Lions. Oh, I'll take it. I'll Michigan. take it. You take it. And I'll, I'll send like, it your way. It's all yours, mate. I've got oh, um. Give it to me in person. I've got your address, so I'll send it your way. With the stubby holder. Yeah, <laughs> but mate, it's all yours. And clean as you probably get. You get a PSA nine or ten for it if you want to spend forty bucks on grading it. 
It, well, he considering he got cut in the preseason, I think I'm good. <laughs> eBay one of one, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's it, they're like, oh, he's an Eagles player or whoever he plays for now. Like, yeah, well, Panini's obviously mucked it up. <laughs> nah, I'll take it. Love a bit of Jason Huntley. Yes. Sorry, back on it. I just got really excited for a second. That's all right, mate. You got a, something a free card to add to the stack in the corner. You're like, yep. Yeah. Give it. <laughs> yeah, my personal collection that's in no display whatsoever. It's just, it's a pile on my desk. I love it. Um, yeah, so we, obviously we've spoken about just the value of buying packs and obviously reselling them. Have either of you actually ever bought a product, like a pack or box, off retail? So when I say off retail, I mean like obviously not Kmart or, you know, the ones that have to abide by the the retail price so like your, your specialist card shops like there's not really any point in doing it is there i don't know like there could be a point like for example last year i did buy i had bought some of those things i bought like chronicles fat packs for example i like opening them the fun rip and like i got a couple of because it's, it's like full rookies it cost me 25 dollars per pack i opened two or three of them got a I got a, a ton of jar and zions I didn't mind that. And that's a markup from like the $12, whatever they cost of it over the shelf, over the counter at Kmart. But $25 a pack isn't that biggest outlay. But I couldn't think of it could ever stomach paying like 300 plus for a prison blaster blocks box. Or right now, like if NFL optic, I really want more, but I'm not paying 150 a box for it because NFL is just not valued over here. No. Yeah. I think as a general sort of, I mean, I don't really have the cash to, make rash decisions like that anyway but like as a general rule i don't really buy i what i would consider marked up stuff like in terms of boxes and, and whatever like i before the market was sort of insane I, I did buy yeah um like boxes like what i thought were expensive at the time but now looking at they're probably i was buying like 13 14 boxes for like 100 100 bucks like they're probably worth like a grand now chasing yeah y- good rookies. old days yeah but like yeah, similar to what Mitch said. Like if you're buying packs for like twenty five bucks, like you're not necessarily losing too much. I think I similarly I bought those Chronicle fat packs for like twenty bucks. Like that's not terrible. Yeah, I say that like yeah, we when I was in Sydney last, we both spent you know decent ish money for packs at um some random shoe shop in Auburn. But so that was cool. And then <laughs> but like yeah, like I've bought fat packs off the internet before just to. Like, because I wanted something to do, but I wouldn't consider, no, there's no way. Like, because I, you look at the box prices now, and like, you can get certain boxes that are like six, seven hundred bucks. And it's just like, well, who's really, like, you must have either serious cash or serious debt to be really like looking at this sort of stuff. And that's why I think as much as people don't like, well, people, I guess, frustrated with breaks. That's why I think there's always a place for them because it's the only way that like most people will access some of the higher end stuff. Yeah. I agree with you there, but like I'm just doing a comparison. Now we're talking about prism earlier. So like you can probably get them on drop. I don't know. I'm going to drop forward this year, but like 45 to five dollars from EB games is like what they usually are. Yep. They're not prism will be, but if you look back now to buy a blaster box of the year, Luca debut 2018, 2019, it's a thousand dollars to buy that blaster. Do it. you can just buy his PSA 10 rookie card for that. 
It's like, what are you buying the box for? What are you hoping's in the box? You're hoping the box has what, like a Luca Auto in it? Yeah. I think but, when it costs that much, you you can't help but think of like the you can't help but put it in mon- monetary terms. Like if you're buying a three hundred dollar blaster, it's like, well, I've got to get three hundred dollars out of it. Yeah. Whereas if you're buying the blaster at retail, it's like, oh, okay, it's fun. Let's see what we get. Like. Yeah. yeah like there's no the validation changes ra- drastically from. Yeah, like you said, oh, I might get some fun stuff and I'll most likely break even at worst just just from the sheer amount of packs in a blaster and inserts and variants and all that sort of stuff. And rookie cards, like especially at drop, it's so easy to just make the money back because the product's likely is stupid. But then when you're buying, yeah, when you're buying boxes that are three, four years old and everyone knows the value of all the cards in them, then you're really just, you're just burning money because... Like the most valuable cards are worth a fraction of that, and they're just so just buy them if you really want them. Like at that point, you just yeah, you're gambling for like I don't know if there are any. Well, I assume there are Luca autos, but the odds of hitting one of those would be astronomical. Yeah, the, well, the rumor is, mate. I don't know if you know this rumor, but that the autos are signed by his mum, not by him. So that's also fun. They're signed Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> not signed. Like that's legitimately a rumor. If you haven't seen that online, like there's there's two different autos on his product. So some of them are signed Luca, some are signed Lulu, and the rumor, which should never be proven, is that the Lulu is signed by his mother. Well, there's a lot of conspiracy theories, like the Yarnas one where he was just collecting all the high-end stuff of him for himself, and it wasn't actually making it into the products, and people were spending thousands of dollars on the boxes chasing those like one-on-ones and high-end variants that just didn't exist because he had them all. Yeah, like looking just now, right, for the price of that Prism box, you you can go get three of not his optic rated rookie but his optic v rookies psa 10 cards for luca like and i think that's a series optic in general has growth i think that series the rookies has growth in it like yeah i have three of those thanks over getting a prison box and if i don't hit a luca i might cry and hitting a <laughs> hitting a marvin bagley yeah exactly like it's such it's such poor odds like i could get it like those, so that's what's the fun about those other products like a Hoops or a, a Donruss or similar. There's so many cards in them, so many rookies. It's not worth as much, but you're probably going to get the rookie card of the guy you want. It's hard yeah. to not break even at worst from the yeah. low-end stuff, especially one, at retail price. And I don't know if this is a tip or not, but the fat packs I've opened in the past uh, have not been great for last year's products. But this year's Hoops fat packs and Donruss fat packs have been absolutely fire. Like, I only bought... I bought four of the hoops... Five of the hoops ones, sorry. Ripped every single one of them. I didn't think I was going to rip any of them because the fat packs I had last year all sucked. They had the best cards in them. They all had parallels in them. And I've watched some Donruss fat pack openings and blaster openings, and they've been awesome too. So I don't know if the fat packs this year are going to be sneaky value, but I'm actually looking to queue up for them when EB do their drops because well, the blasters go instantly, but the fat packs don't. I'm going to get 10 fat packs. The EB, EB have done their Donruss... Oh, no. I know. I have their fat packs already. I, that's what I like. I bought NFL Optic that day, and then after that queue, I went back, and fat packs were still there because everyone queued up for the blasters. So I got Domino's fat <laughs> packs as well. But like when Prism comes, I'm gonna shoot for fat packs because everyone's gonna be in the blaster queue. Yeah. I think but that's uh, what we found when on the hoops, their initial hoops drop, or well, a couple of months ago, that the blasters yeah. went instantly. But then you you've, you actually have a realistic chance of getting the fat packs, or I think are they retail or are they just blaster packs? 
because there's usually three. Yeah, they have the three bla- options. Yeah, the the uh, blaster packs. But yeah, those like you can get those other ones. And again, if you can't get the blaster, just go buy ten of the blaster packs. Don't bother queuing up for the blaster for Prism. I'm not. That's a double bluff to get people not to do it. <laughs> you no, get no, ten like, blasters. Like, oh, it's like I got dual screen action going right, but I'm not thinking I'm going to get the blasters. Like it's, I'll try, but I'll have both screens going at the same time, being phone and computer. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but I'm definitely like, I don't know. You guys, you probably open more fat packs than I have, Tim. I don't know if you open this year's one, but like I'm, I've been shocked by how many good cards are in the fat packs. And even then, I watched like Pac Man on YouTube. If you don't, he's one of the yeah, bigger yeah. breakers big, on YouTube. Big fan. Yeah, he broke a Donruss, two of each, like two fat packs, two blasters, two hangers. I don't really like hanger boxes, but his two fat packs had like, you know, he got an auto, uh, Precious Achua auto. I didn't know you could get autos in fat packs, but he got a Precious Achua to 40, 49 auto, I think, in his fat pack. And then a few other, like uh, his Lamello was in there, all that, all these good shit was in there. Nothing in the blasters or the hangers. And I know that's like only a small sample. But my same sample from Hoops tells me I want fat packs this year. So maybe it's wrong for Prism. But So what we're saying is to anyone who might be listening is go out and buy Blasters. Yeah, oh, mate. That Blastitude, that EB thing, the moment they put on... And I did like the hobbyists who... Do you see the Facebook group? People got mad that EB started doing that. It's like, do you not understand how annoying we are as a group of people going to EB and asking them when cards are coming out. Oh, I hate it. I would never do it. <laughs> but, I want to talk to people. Like, oh. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It sounds I, like a 12-year-old question. Oh, have you got, have you got cards at all? You guys got NBA cards? <laughs> I, I remember I did it once because I think there's one EB, maybe two EB games in all of Hobart, and I went into both of them. Hmm. I, I walked in and I went to the guy at the counter after like five minutes of roaming around, pretending to look for other things. And I was like, oh, do you have uh, basketball cards by any chance? And he's like, oh, yeah, I think we do. And he like went to the drawer, and I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm actually in the lucky. And he was like, nah, it's just all that Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. And I was like, pulls oh, out a middle finger, mate. He the draw and pulls his middle finger out and turns it up. And... <laughs> Get, <laughs> out. Get out of Get here. Out of <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like I feel like if I went to EB, I would ask, if, say, they're for my son. As a... <laughs> My son's birthday's coming up. He's only two, but he loves, he loves He's only two, and I want some national treasures for him, please. But like, go, and I, I did see people after it went online, all the pre orders, they were all bitching. And it's like, no, that's where it should be because it saves EB time, everyone else time. We leave them alone, but also it's like. It gives the, the socially awkward of us a chance. It gives everyone a chance, right? Before that, it was like people who harassed EB every day would get there, get the pre-order, then put it on a Facebook group. And then it was, it was like a race to your car to get to EB. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? It's 2021. That should be online. Like They did the right thing, and, that's, and the countdown's good too. Yeah, it's not like you don't know when it's dropping either. Like, you have weeks to prepare. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like, in the past, even when they were online, I know NBA ones weren't always, NFL were online. They came up at some time during the day. So if I was refreshing their website, I would catch it. That, but I'm not going to do that. So all I did was reward the ones who are even sadder than the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was even worse previously when you had to, like you said, had to go in and ask them. And yeah. then it was the, sort of the pre-orders would sell out before anybody even knew that they were available. Like, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, 
several products last year. I think Prism. I'm, I'm not even sure it went up on eBay. Did it? Yeah, yeah. I've heard those stories, and like I even had I asked my local eBay once. Disgraceful. And one of the guys was so angry at the question. He doesn't ask me many times. He acted like they did. They didn't even know what NBA cards were. <laughs> no, never hear. Never heard of them. How dare you associate How us with that? No. Go go down the corner to Zing. Go, go around there. <laughs> God. But yeah, like, yeah, Zing's things even worse. They are, mate. They are. Well, they just shut down in, in my local, so I'll be I'll be there hanging out with EB. <laughs> That's why I love that they're in Kmart and Target because I can just go to the rack, have a look. Hopefully they're there. Go to the automatic checkout, walk out. Nobody knows anything. Yeah, you say that, but then it's it comes out that yeah the staff are buying them up before they even hit the shelves. Actually, the, oh well, obviously that's terrible. I thought you were going to say the the thing that happens is that you scan it and then it won't register that it's in the bagging area, and then you've got to call the person over <laughs> and you've got like twenty packets here. You say I, that, teach, but... I teach you to school these are for the end of week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you say that. So the the Kmart, the very big news in Hobart. There's a twenty four hour Kmart. You know, it's big stuff, big well, business. That's, that's terrible for you for getting cards. I literally went there the other night at midnight just to have a look. Um. But I, the one time I've walked in there and there actually was product, I think that it was just hoops. Mm. I bought out the allocation. I think there was about six left, six packs, maybe eight. Um, but they were in those boxes. Like they hadn't been taken out of the boxes and just hanging on the shelves. Like they were in those that you had to call someone over to unlock them for you. Oh, no. Because <laughs> you know how like at Kmart, they're at the, well, at least at my Kmart, they're at the, um, they're in the checkout area, the self-checkout area, next to like the drinks and lollies and stuff. So moved, I, mate. They might literally just move them. I came out. They're now behind the service counter as well. Well, no. So the you can pick them up, but yeah. So I went there and I was like, oh, they've got stuff. And then I was like, oh wait, they're in like those yeah those anti theft boxes. So I had to call the lady over and I was like, um, I, I'd like to buy those, please. <laughs> and oh, so, yeah, no worries. I think like these these are very popular. They've all sold out today. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Oh, it's my first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I got from that was that someone had been there before me and not bought the whole thing out. An idiot. Well, I didn't buy the whole thing out when I bought Hoops cards off. In fact, it came up today because, I, as you heard earlier, I'm already a filthy, guilty man who's already flipped enough of them. I feel like I, feel like I can't keep buying them all. Well, yeah, at this point now, Hoops, like, yeah, who cares? Exactly. But I, I did go to – so that's the other thing that's really bad about these releases is that the retail places like Kmart and Target – I don't know what this is about. I'm not just online credit. I get people's love of online credit. Credit in the weird little Facebook groups, I don't understand. I don't know if you saw this week, but in one of the larger ones, a Kmart employee took a photo of Kmart, like their little scanner to show what product was coming out for hoops. Yes, yes. So, yes. so like in that instance, it just never made the shelves because people just went to Kmart. <laughs> like, waited until they came out. Hang around the, deli- the delivery doors at the back, like, yeah, we know you've got it. Well, because like, he did that, I went to Kmart. Like, oh, sorry, I, I had a car service that day, but I went to Kmart on the way home for the car service, and I had to ask the man behind the service counter, and I was very embarrassed. <laughs> I had to ask because my because my partner, my missus, told me I had to ask because she knows I want to buy them, but I, I was too ashamed to ask. <laughs> anyway, I go and ask him, and he again he acted like he'd never heard of NBA cards. <laughs> what is what is NBA? I'm, yeah, we have like, never... Oh, if we ever have them, they'll be on the racks behind me here. And I said, oh, I've seen on Facebook that they've been populated in other stores. I've like been going in stock in other stores. Do you oh, know you if you have any the Facebook line out there. Well, I said, oh, do you know if you have any stock coming in today? And he goes to me, no, we haven't got any stock coming in today. 
And of course, they had stopped coming in that day, but I don't know when the hell it was coming in. So yeah, someone else roared at my local Kmart that night. Like they were on, they weren't even really on online. I went online to see when they went, and they went from being out of stock to low stock to out of stock. <laughs> good, good, good. But luckily, I got mine. I got mine this morning. I had another cancel or, or click and collect cancel, but I got thirty of the seventy-five that went to Broadway. <laughs> Going to Broadway on Tuesday, fellas. Because <laughs> uh, if anyone hears this... Yeah, just, just got to beat him there. <laughs> yeah. There's cards for Mitch Doyle. <laughs> Repaid. Someone will be standing at the front of Broadway wait, like asking every bloke that walks in there, are you Mitch Doyle? Yeah, it's it, mate. Uh, so, um, the Broadway came out. It's good, too. That's the only place I've ever found hanger boxes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Don Russ last year. Oh, wow. Because yeah, I've, I've never seen a hanger in person. <laughs> like, I mean, like yeah, obviously I've had one, but I've never seen them in the shops. I mean, like you said earlier, I think they're probably the weakest of the retail releases. They do have somewhat have like exclusive, but I feel like they're probably better off you just buying the single cards if you really want. Yeah, but if I saw a box of them, I would definitely buy one. But... Oh, absolutely. That's my general stance with cards overall. Yeah, so you see, you buy. Yeah, because like, not in the yeah. don't have the. The, the privilege of being able to just go to the store and, oh, I want to buy cards. It's, if you see them, you have to pick them up. That's it. Like, that's why, like, I didn't buy all 75 of those Hoots packs. I didn't even want 30 of them. And it's like, well, I can't not buy them. They're $4 <laughs> a pack. And they're really good. What I found for those already is, like, it scratches my my pack blasting itch. So I had, like, a box next to me of, like, 30 blaster packs. And, like, every, you know, hour or so on a Monday, I'll just blast a new one. <laughs> so that's your... <laughs> They're going to start showing ads for you soon, just on TV. Like, have you got a card-busting problem? You know, call this hotline. <laughs> I haven't got a problem. <laughs> but no, it's like, like, Tim, when we went to Auburn the other week, like, it was so hard for me not to just clean out that whole box. But I felt like just a certain level of shame and financial responsibility to not just buy every single pack in that box. You should have seen my face when you told the girl that you were getting five. <laughs> well, I, I thought you were going to buy, like, two max. Well, yeah, the thirty dollar um fat packs of premium hoops. Yeah, premium hoops. That's one of the ones where I like those cards, the nice ones. That is a not a great rip. Well, I think out of the thirty, sorry, out of the five packs, I got like one or two cards worth sleeving. Oh, sorry, worth putting in a top loader, which was not great. Yeah. Uh, and now they're just sitting in my bedroom at home in Sydney. Well, I um I bought four blasters of that. Not retail, but not uh, not full resale either. I got them like 65 a piece. And two of them were faulty, so that was already not great. <laughs> one one of them was faulty in the sense that they're supposed to be packs, what are they, packs of four in there. One of them had one pack of six and a pack of five, which would sound cool, except they were all base cards, which <laughs> is not what they're supposed to be. And then it had packs of two to make up for it. So it had the right amount of cards, but essentially I just got base cards. <laughs> And then I was luckily I was filming it. One of my mates asked me to film me opening it. And now I'm going to film every opening ever because I sent it to Panini. I won't hear back from them for like two years. <laughs> Why you got mates asking you to film opening? That sounds a bit. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Having mates is already sus in the did first you, place. Did you feel dirty? Like you, you feel me like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm opening this card now as slowly just for you. Well, well, the weird thing is, is like, I act like I'm a streamer. Like, I don't mean to, but I'm already. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well, nobody's watching this. That's the, that's, is that the video you sent me? I, I, yeah, that was one of them. Because I, so, I noticed, yeah, your camera set up, you had, like, the whole bird's eye view going, like, oh, this this man has streamed a, po- a box opening before. Yeah, but, um, 
So then, I, and then the next one I opened, I was missing two cards in it, and it just like sucked the air out of me. But in my last box I opened, I did get a um, Zion laser base, which kind of made up for the rest of it. But it just like I opened that. Pro- I like those cards, the premium hoops. But it's obvious the market doesn't, because you can actually still buy those blasters pretty cheap. For a year, they had Zion and Jaren. You can still get a hoops premium hoops blaster for like ninety bucks. I think it came out at the wrong time. It was like the last product in a long line of like, oh my god, Panini are milking the hell out of this nineteen twenty class. Yeah. But then also like the format of, like you said, what's in them was terrible. The cards themselves are really nice. Yeah. There are so many parallels though that I think it sort of killed it a bit. But yeah, the the blasters are awful. You can usually you would ex- you know you buy a blaster you, you expect you can at least get like one card out of it that you you know you're pretty happy with. Like yeah. most things you get. Like it, maybe if it's not necessarily the you know the on average hit or autograph. You know usually you would think oh you know I'll get like a jar of Zion, Lamelo, what whatnot. But those hoops premium blasters were awful. I. I don't even think they were worth the retail, really, to be honest. No, I'm with <laughs> you, mate. Like, I like those cards, we said. I've got a heaps of Darius Garland parallels already. I like them a lot, but I didn't like opening them. So, just one of those ones. And I, it does feel like it was an undervalued product for what I guess is intended to be the optic yep. to Don Russ. It's supposed to be the premium to the um, hoop, hoops base. Th- those cards, the Zion and the Jars... Uh, the variants might do well sort of moving forward just because there's something different. And and the fact that they're not Chronicles, I think that helps them as well. People really got tired of Chronicles because that was all that was available for like two to three months there. Yeah. Well, it's a fun rip though because it's like 100% rookies. Oh, Chronicles is awesome in the fact that like you're going to get a couple of Jar and a couple of Zion if you open a Blaster, a Fat Pack or whatnot. But then sort of particularly you know, selling singles resale, just absolutely, you can't sell most of those Chronicles cards for a dollar. No, you could, couldn't sell, you can't sell like a lot of them. You could put like together like a Kobe, a Tyler Hero, a couple of Ruiz, you wouldn't get a dollar, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've spoken a lot about the low end stuff, and I just wanted to quickly touch on the high end stuff, the obviously out of reach stuff. Um, like, you know, the Court Kings, National Treasures, Immaculates, Noirs, all those sorts of things. That's why I really like breaks because it's my one chance to get like some of those nice ones, like the Zion um, first steps. I've got a, I think the nicest card in my whole collection is is a Grant Williams National Treasures RPA, which it's an excellent card, but it's worth absolutely nothing, like for what it is and just what the total cost of the box would have been. But, um, Mitch, when was like, do you go in breaks a lot? Because I would imagine not if you're like focusing more on low-end buy and resell oh no it's not i don't focus on that that much that's just how it's like funding the rest of it but that's breaks, the dirty side yeah breaks it i haven't had good experiences with them i've had a few obviously for the reason you just said and i've had i've been in like four or five random team ones and i've never hit a team that's even half decent like i was in a random nfl optic last week and the guy did ran- the randomizer and you know, he gave athletic order in numbers and I hit team 13. And in my head, I'm like 13. God, that's probably near the Packers, which is fine. 
near like then like Miami, Minnesota, whatever, all through there. And in that bunch of like 15 teams you want, I hit the Texans who have zero cards of any value in this series. <laughs> and it's like, okay, whatever. I had that experience. I had another, my first of a break I went into, I hit the Brooklyn Nets. And oh it was God. Like, yeah. In, in tw- 2019-20. And I was like, well, there's, and I, in, he opened, we opened like eight or nine boxes. And I got one Durant mosaic. It's like, well, kill me. I didn't, I didn't go in for the, the mosaic was a box I didn't want. And, that, and that's what I got. Like, I didn't have a good experience there. And then I've had a few other breaks and I've just never hit anything. And I do get that um, there's, if you want a, a certain card or a certain series and you can't afford to buy the box, I do get buying it. But what do you guys do? You guys do random team or you're like buying the team you want? So for me, for, for some weird reason, because if I was buying, um, if I was buying the team, I'd only really want the Pistons. But for some weird reason, they're always one of the first teams sold. So by the time I get around to checking the listing, they're they're gone. Um, and I'm not, not going to, you know, spend for a, a Memphis or a New Orleans or Charlotte just if they're even in the list. Because usually they'll um they'll sell 29 spots and then the like the best team in the break will be randomised as like a bonus. But um. I usually just go random because I think it's fairer that way. But then the first ever break I went into was a Court Kings three box break, random team, and I got the Pelicans first go, and I was like, "Oh, oh this, oh, this shit is easy." And that's when I got the Zion Court Kings, uh, and then I got the Grant Williams in a National Treasures random player break. So there's three hundred odd um, players like on their hit list or whatever. So you buy a spot, and that's one player, and there's what three sixty or something. Tim, I don't remember. Yeah, three sixty-six. Yeah. Yeah. So those spots are like twenty bucks each. So you're paying, and I think I bought five spots in that one. So I was paying a hundred bucks for the like to get a five in three hundred and sixty-six chance of like any player worth a damn. And my list was disgusting. And mm. I was like, oh, at least Grant Williams is a rookie. Like if I get a Grant Williams out of the box of Nash Treasures, which is like what six cards, then I'm like golden and that's when i hit the the great and i was like that's just fluky but other than that i hit a disgusting amount of phoenix suns ty jerome <laughs> and yeah like the paces i got the paces in a break last year core king's break and i was like looking through the list and i was like oh god i'm just gonna get like 10 gogo batazzi rookie cards here aren't i uh and i did so they packed it all <laughs> up sleeve and i get the i get the mail and it's just i open it it's just the, the shame hits you when you just see a bunch of gogas fall out oh god well yeah <laughs> this this yeah. nfl break i went into man it was in america and i just messaged the guy like do not send me that one will fuller base card it's going to cost me two more dollars if it's not worth <laughs> the two more dollars do well, not that's like, that. yeah it's also like i went another one recently where it was like seven boxes but two of the boxes are framed photos mm. and just out of pure luck i hit the lakers um and that's when i got that assigned connie hawkins photo beckett slab and i saw the number and it was number 42 and i was like oh that's james worthy this is actually good yeah but then yeah, yeah most most of the breaks are pure ass that i go into i do think that's a big difference i like nfl cards the marketing does work the big difference between the two of them is that there's far more teams worth value in an nba break because at worst like say you get golden state in, you know, if you got the equivalent of Golden State in the NFL, if you got a team like, say, I don't know, a good team that has a decent quarterback, but they're, Lions. you know, there's yep. no rookies. 
it's not worth anything. No matter what you hit, really, unless you hit an auto, it's not worth anything. Whereas if in an NFL, uh, NBA break, if you hit a, you know, a nice Steph Curry insert, you can feel okay. You know, if, or if you hit even like a clay or someone, you feel like you did, that's still got some value in the yeah. series. Whereas NFL, like 15 of the teams, you put a pen through them. That, that whatever you hit is not worth anything. And you I say that. Yeah, you said that about Golden State. I've got them in a break, and I was like, well, I'm due at least one Wiseman here. And I just got a stack of Nico Mannions and no Wiseman. So I was like, oh, this is garbage. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, so it's not great, but... Uh, but we still do them. Do, do yes. you add them as well, Tim? You're into them as well? Yeah. Like, when I first got in the hobby, I was, I'd was i buy bucks all the time because there were 13, 14 boxes in breaks still. Mm. So it's... And that's how I got, uh, I think... I don't know how many breaks I was in, probably count 100 at that point. But, like, I ended up with, sort of after that, I had, like, five or six numbered Giannis rookies, uh, Giannis rookie auto numbered, another Giannis auto. So it worked out all right in the beginning. But now the fact that uh, Bucks don't have any real rookies that are going to be in boxes worth buying them for, they're overpriced because Giannis has cards in the boxes. Um so I've just gone basically random recently. And I mean, yeah, it's hit, it's extremely hit and miss. Like at the end of the day, it's just the gamble. Like, Well, you um, went in that same one that I did where I got the Lakers. And who did you get again? The one that you got the Lakers? I don't think I was in it. But then, no, 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 oh, but the like, same. yeah, later I got the Nets. And then <laughs> nothing. <laughs> that's all you know. Straight away. It's just, it's a write-off. Well, that's you what the I... same KD photo I've been using in every KD card for the last oh, yeah. year and a half. Well, I don't even think I got a KD card. <laughs> That was. I looked at that break and I'm thinking like it's 1920 and 2021. It's like eight boxes. This is good. It's like really hard to get a bad team. Even the Magic are good in this one. Even the Raptors can... are good in it. Yeah, and then Nets. I mean, I escaped with a Stefan Marbury auto Obsidian actually. Um, yeah, that yeah. I say escaped. It was. It felt like that. Um, but then like breaks <laughs> like, yeah. have been good to me as well. Like you talked about when you had the the Goga party with the Corkings. That wasn't good. I didn't well, enjoy that. No, well, I had... I, had I, was sarcastically enjoy, I was cathartically enjoying it by the end <laughs> when I had seven Gogas heading my way. Yeah, it was great. Mate, yeah, it was I a had... small period in the off-season they were going to trade Miles Turner and you could have been looking at something. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would have stonked enough for me to earn back the 50 bucks in the spot or whatever it was. Yeah, true. That was extremely good value. Cherry's first breaks are really good. That's like the... Uh, they get that price from Panini, and it's just unbeatable anywhere else. But yeah, in that break, I had Grizzlies, so I ended up with a stack of Jarmorant rookie ones. Yeah, I didn't need um, you texting me throughout the whole break, like, oh, another Jarmorant. I was it. It was incredible. Yes. Only only second to I, my best hit out of a break probably ever is the Jarmorant auto to ten, um, Donruss choice, and that was just insane luck. Um, you also, probably, yeah. yeah, probably more losses than wins if you tell it <laughs> off. It's just, it, the breaks are just like pokies. Like, you Pretty just much. keep yeah. chasing and chasing. Um, yeah. it, in a way, it was bad for me to hit the Pelicans first time because then I just thought, oh, oh yeah, everything's going to be like Pretty, this. Pretty much, yeah. There, that was nightly breaks for a while there. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, I remember when Mitch Jesus. said back at the start, like the pandemic that was when he started, like, getting, like, getting into it. I remember when I got back into cards because I'd spent, like, a year out of the game. And I was, like, starting to, like, found breaks and started to enter them. Yeah, I was doing, like, at least four a week. Like, most weekdays, either at lunch or at dinner time. And it got to a point where, because my parents, 
have like they can see my bank they don't like do anything with it but they just have like the access just in case and i got a call from my mum like are you okay like what do you mean like you're spending a lot of money on basketball cards i was like oh, I'm so... <laughs> um yeah i'm just but some of them are worth hundreds of bucks mum it's fine it was yeah. just the one on zion i was like really <laughs> inflating the price of it like do you want to buy them off me mum but yeah no it got bad at one point yeah there was nightly breaks in there for I remember my um, housemate at the time in my old house, uh, she had a friend over and they were like just in the other room and they came over and like, because I was in the kitchen like watching on my laptop and like, oh, what are you doing? And, I, and like they looked around like, oh, he's watching someone open cards on the internet. And I was like, oh my God, please leave the room now. This is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, fuck them, babe. Who got a Zion card? Not those two. It <laughs> <laughs> was terrible. Yeah, but that's why I, I think... Because I made a pretty good profit on that first week of hoops when I dipped back into some breaks. This is literally just last week. And that was a, I ended three or four NFL optic breaks, not at a big price point. All three or four together cost, I think, no, I was in four. Yeah, it cost me about like 80 bucks all up. Yeah. And that's... Just, but I got nothing. So it's just like I burnt 80 bucks on my profit. Yeah. I'm down again, bitch. You know, <laughs> 80 bucks I could have gone and got a PSA 9 or, you know, Jarom or Zion, the rookie's put... card. Could have put that towards the uh, the Luca box. Yeah, exactly right, and then not ripped anything. Oh, I'm t- like I'm also there's only a few guys that like you get their cards. I don't sell them. Luca's one of them. LeBron, I'll sell some of the shitty ones, but I hold LeBron's as well. Mahomes is another. I had such an itch. I almost I was like I was such a roll. I almost entered a 2017 NFL box break trying to get Mahomes. Like it was like the terrible idea it was like a hundred bucks. A random of 32 teams. Like, what are the odds of me hitting that 32 teams and then them hitting my homes cards in a box break? I don't know. At least I stopped there. What I what I usually do is I'll like look at the the break if I don't enter it, and I'll be like, oh, well, I would have been that spot because that's what it was up to. And then I'll see, and like more often than not, that would be like a really good team, and I was like, ah, oh, I should have entered. Then I'll enter <laughs> the next one and get the nets. Yeah, I think I was in a break with. Uh, it was like a repack. Um, and like the chase card was a Jordan rookie and I happened to be in the break that the Jordan rookie came out. Like I didn't get anything, but I was like, oh, okay, that's probably like the entry fee was probably worth it. Cause it's probably like a five or six grand at the time. Uh, Jordan rookie there. Like just, that just, that just being close to the chance was worth yeah. it. That's the money. Like, well, well dad, I, I get it. But like, listen, I saw it come out. <laughs> yeah. So you're telling me, so these, so the first day, really, I didn't know this from, um, Cherry, their first release, uh, good prices. I'm looking at their breaks now, and the sold out ones are not bad price. Yeah, I, what I believe, like this is pure speculation on my, I guess maybe educated speculation, is that they're an authorized reseller through Panini, hmm. so they're allocated a specific amount of boxes that they need to sell at the price at which Panini says to, and then they put them in a break. I guess is the best way to probably sp- spread the love. I guess. Um, and usually, yeah, it's one spot per person, and then they're incredibly cheap breaks as compared to if you want to buy into the break when the product actually gets there. Um, yeah, and, and I avoid Cherry like the plague because of their prices. I didn't know. And now I'm going to look at the breaks page because I don't mind a, a value like a reasonable price break. Yeah. Well, like, even those Cork Kings breaks were like fifty bucks a spot, which I think for Cork Kings, like the odds of you getting a card worth more than fifty in Cork Kings is probably higher than you know, entering a low-end break for like 25 bucks and trying to make that back. I but think that's, the that's way like... they've gone, I'm not sure whether that's going to exist this year. Just, 
uh, I've probably been priced out of there. Like I was a big customer at one point, um, particularly in the earlier days when they were like the, one of the only places that you could get cards in general. Yeah. Um, well, well, that's the thing. In ge- like technically, like the, if they wanted to, they could just tell everyone else to stop operating as the only authorized. Like if they really wanted to, they could just be like, they they never will. I think it, like, well, you know it's, it's it's better for them if the market's stronger anyway. But I think a lot of that sort of sketchy um, speculation so, on what they can and can't do anyway, yeah. and what the Panini license is and all. Yeah. Yeah, I think Cherry though is one of those great examples. We were talking earlier about how people like reactionary to the market or just buy things quickly and don't think much. I think Cherry is one of the great examples of the, that in the market because people just buy like things sell out there all the time when. At the exact same time, they can be on another big website like West Oz Cards, for example. It can be much cheaper, and people, it doesn't sell out like as quick as Cherry does. Like yeah. you guys, the like, Google exists. You literally type in like, you know, if you wanted to buy a, a Penny Chronicles football hobby box randomly, I'm on their page now. Type in that into Google, and you'll get the one that's cheaper. <laughs> it's not hard, but man, I don't know. They just they seem to have that brand recognition for being the official Penny reseller. It seems to carry a lot of weight. Yeah, it does. That's the one I'd only heard of for a long time before I started. And look, most of my break information comes through Tim, so I can't really claim any of it. <laughs> nah, but it, it, yeah, it's just like I will only go in breaks now, either at the very beginning of a product cycle, like for the low end stuff anyway. Like I would never enter a hoops break now because it's just absolutely zero point. But then yeah, most of it will just be as my one chance of getting the high end stuff. Like I'll go in at the start of a cycle and then just to later in the year when like, you know, the high end releases all come out, that'll just be me, you know, hoping against hope to get that Zion or that, you know, whoever's the big money guy this year, probably LaMelo, maybe Anthony Edwards, yeah. maybe K- Killian Hayes. <clears throat> Coffee. Mate, yeah, I'm looking right now, they're, they're priced for like a Panini, the, the Prism hobby box. And I love it's on sale. Yeah. Like, Three grand for a hobby box. I know it's not their fault. Prism has got ridiculous anyway. Like you, there's something wrong with you if you buy that. You either have m- more money than you can burn, but there is like there is maybe less than zero percent chance you make your money back on that. Well, anything. you'd have to hit like more than one silver lamello, and you'd have to get it graded PSA ten. Yeah, you say you say money to burn. It's it's funny because those national treasures breaks where it was one player. Tim, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The one, the one, uh, one player a spot for twenty bucks a spot, and there's 366 spots. There was a certain guy in the the group who would be like, "Oh, how close are we to filling out the break?" And he'd be like, "And they'd go, oh, we're up, we've filled 170 spots out of the 360." And it's like, "Oh, no worries, I'll buy the rest out." And he'll buy the rest out, so he'll have half the break by himself. And that happened at least once or twice a week. When National that, that was yeah he when when NT was like really yeah. popping off and like they were doing the the player breaks at, well at least once a week he was regularly buying like a hundred spots of them and I'm thinking where do you have this money like or he's just in serious debt or he's laundering or he's posting from the Cayman but yeah it was just ridiculous <laughs> yeah like but right now I just copy and pasted the way to describe the product into Google sportscardsaustralia.com.au still a ripoff but five hundred dollars less than Cherry. Why is why are people buying it at Cherry? I don't know. Well, yeah, I never buy boxes. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I but just yeah. I wait for like yeah retail. I think as well the sort of 
the funny thing about the guy that was like dropping mm. like five grand on those um, national treasure breaks as well is that a Zion logo man came out of one of those breaks. Somebody that paid twenty bucks actually got the Zion logo man uh, one of five. Uh, it's actually I, th- I think it's still on eBay for like five hundred grand. Um, but yeah, it's just it was hilarious to me that the guy that was filling out and he was having like 200 spots in all these breaks and he was buying out teams and teams and teams of team breaks of NT didn't end up with the Anything card kind of. that everybody was everybody was hope, hoping for and one guy that put $20 in ended up with it. I love yeah, that. Like, the that underdog. Guy also, yeah, that guy was also like, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd really joke about it. Like he didn't, it looked like he didn't, well, it looked like he didn't care. But they'd be in, like, the, the live chat, like, oh, did you get anything, mate? Like, nah, not today. Maybe tomorrow. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was just... Maybe it was James Packer in disguise. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, he was bankrolling Ch- Cherry for weeks. Yeah. Throughout the... he would. I think he bought cases of NT as well, and they were having, like, personal breaks. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That he, was, like, yeah, 30 grand at a, a night. That was insane. Yeah, because uh, yeah, they'll do, like, their the group breaks and then they'll be like, Oh, any personals? And you'll like put an order through. Like I've done that for a couple of fat packs before where I got I think the best covers in Isaiah Roby. And then, yeah, but then he's like, Oh, I'll just take, take a case of NT. Thanks mate. And I'm like looking at the price and I was like, are you serious? I wish I had that sort of cash. <laughs> I feel like I wish I had that sort of cash. I wish I was a little smarter with it. I'm, well, that's I, I feel like I'm always going to be a bit of a tight ass. Like no matter how much money I have. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's going to get to a point where, yeah, I, I, I would never. But um, I, I think, look, unless you had anything else to add about paper cards, I, I think we've reasonably discussed the the merits and pitfalls of the hobby. Because mm. I do want to get onto the other big trend of the last month or so, <laughs> which is, uh, I mean, I haven't got into it because, again, laziness, and I missed the boat entirely, so I'm just sticking out. But top shot is a huge thing now. And I missed the initial jump, and then I tried to queue for packs, I think, twice, and both times I was like 90,000th in the queue out of like 25,000 packs, so I've just given up on it. But, um, Mitch, I know you're a huge top shotter. <laughs> <laughs> to say the... To, Tim, I know you're like a bit more eh about it all. I, I own two moments. <laughs> oh, I only you could call me some, somewhat of a big shot. Yeah, I only have three now. I got rid of most of them today. Uh, today. And, um, it's not that I'm a big top shot event. As you heard earlier, I'm a scummy human who will like to make money where he can. And that's the top shot. There's going to be... It's going to bottom out soon. It'll be an absolute blow through. You've mentioned it in here. The withdrawal process is a joke. That's why the market will tank. It has tanked a bit now. But it was like, if you won a pack, that's it. You made money. Like, I... I pulled a fourteen dollar pack, and I had a card in there that I didn't it didn't sell because the market was broken that day. Marketplace gets breaking, which is great. But I bought a fourteen dollar pack, and in that pack, one of the four cards was the Steph Curry card that at that time was worth seven hundred USD. And then the other three cards were also worth like thirty or forty each. So it wasn't like that was I hit just one random good card. Everyone got one of those rare cards, and like the worst one was worth like three hundred dollars. I got Steph that was going for seven hundred, and I, I sold that like a, a day later for like what was it like five ninety or something. Anyway, that that that's all I'm in it for. Is like I don't understand it either. No, one <laughs> I don't care. I don't need to understand it. But like, 
just because I understand it doesn't mean there's not value there. If you get me, for me, I don't have to understand it. And that's all it is. I put money in. I put two hundred fourteen in in total because I also bought into a um into the, there's a two hundred dollar pack the next day, and I got into that drop, and I did get one of those packs. And my balance is now I stupidly because like with the draw process, I thought I could take the money straight out, and I learned I can't, and I have to <laughs> validate that, go through a validation process. And any half-decent business anywhere, we've all done this. We've all gone to a gambling site, all that kind of stuff. Anyone organizes the withdrawal process better than this slot. They, <laughs> they've have, they have like a million users. I don't know how many they have, maybe 500,000 plus. They've been around for over six months. They've still only got 28,000 people allowed to withdraw money. <laughs> and that's like, it was like 12,000 to start of last week. So that's why there's so much money in there, because people can't take it out. Like, <laughs> They're forced to, to spend it. To call it a closed marketplace. And I stupidly, because like, well... This money's just sitting here. I t- I sold all my money. I was like, oh, here we go. I've got like whatever X amount. I can't remember exactly how much I had. But I just, oh, I'll put it back in the moments, you know, if they grow, if they, they'll grow. But they, they didn't. They dropped like 25%. So I currently sit there. I have 1,300 USD, which is still a great profit, right, for 214. I could have had more. <laughs> I, understand, I don't understand it, mate. I don't have to. People don't have to. But the market, I do believe the market is going to tank once they sort the food drawl out. They announced today that, they hired four more staff to go through certification. Um, and it's, like, it's like PSA and BGS. Just... Yeah, terrible, mate. But they did say within six to eight weeks, everyone should have, the, everyone in the community should have withdrawal access. And then they have withdrawal limits as well for some reason. But I, t- I totally believe in that. Like six to eight weeks, the market will tank. There'll be articles and there'll be people, all, people laughing. They're like, oh, look at it tank. But it's like, well, if pretty much everyone who put money in is going out much richer than they went in. So they'll be told you so people don't care. I'm going to make money out of it. I have no idea what's going to happen after that. But what I know I will do is I'll probably take most of my cash out and then leave $100 there and buy some some of them at the dip. Because I don't need to understand it to make money. You know, like I remember I saw this a couple of weeks ago, a meme that went around. And it was um of a few years ago, a StarCraft tournament, like a decade ago, it was about so. First yes. prize, yeah, oh, you might have seen this, Tim. You might, yeah. you know, first prize was like a thousand dollars or whatever. Second prize was like a few hundred dollars. Third prize was twenty five Bitcoin, as like the joke prize. It's like yeah, we no one understood that then either. I don't understand NFTs or Top Shot. I don't care. I'm not gonna be like a guy who sat there and laughed at it and missed the boat. You know. Yeah. I I missed the boat. Well, yeah, I missed the boat entirely, and then I tried, tried to, to get on though. Yeah, I tried to get on um, for weeks and weeks. It just wouldn't let me sign up. First of all, so already that's a great start. Um, like it kept saying, "Oh, our marketplace. Oh, sorry, we're not allowing you users right now. Please try again later." And I'm thinking, I just want to give you money. Like, how can you <laughs> not sort this out by now? Like, it's not hard to just ah. Uh. And then yeah, I, I queued up a couple of times. I was never going to make the 6am drops anyway, so that was wishful thinking, but I think one of them was like, yeah, a, one of those like basic packs, whatever they are, for like 15 bucks. And I saw that I was like 60,000 people away, and I was like, yeah, this is not for me. And I just peaced out, and I was like, well, I've probably missed a, a decent money opportunity here, but at the same time, at least I've got my sanity. That's it, mate. Well, I mean, I also call it I, I call it boomification, and I try to fight being boomified all the time. Is like <laughs> something new and I don't understand it. 
it's my job to try and understand it or not knock it because I don't get it, if you get me. Because like, I remember growing up, as you guys probably do as well, I remember being told by my parents that like things like video games are worthless, the internet's worthless, social media's wor- media was worthless. Terrible advice. If you, were, <laughs> you know, if you were really good at video games and social media back then and you maybe started streaming a decade ago, you're probably doing really good for yourself right now. Like, yeah. So. Not understanding Top Shot and that kind of thing doesn't mean anything to me. The one thing I really liked about it, though, before they really mess up the marketplace, like I have sold, so my eBay sales over the last 90 days, I've sold over $7,000 worth of product, right, on on, um, on cards. I, it means I've packed that many cards. I've cut cardboard, stuck it on the outside of over, like I've sent over 300 padded mailers in that time. I've <laughs> had all those postage stamps. And the other outside of that, I've, I've packed other things. Like I sold old Pokemon cards, which made like a grand of that profit, all that kind of stuff. That part sucks of this hobby. Top Shot was really fun that like I just, oh, I like this card. I bought it, then I had it. That was nice. That's <laughs> one part I liked, but maybe that means I should probably look into, maybe I'll get into like a star stock or a um, fractional ownership or something online like a dibs for actual sports cards. Cause the actual other part of top, I don't actually give a shit about the moments. Like I actually liked sports cards. The moments I couldn't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah. I think what you said there is that's one of the, if it has any sort of uh, advantages over physical sports cards, it's the fact that they're so like sports cards, I consider fairly liquid, but top shot moments that if you, if you want to sell it, you can sell it within minutes. It's incredibly liquid at the moment um and similar to what you said before as well how you said like you didn't ask, you didn't want to knock it if you didn't understand it that's basically why i decided to at least um like sign up and i got the uh there was the pre-order and you would be guaranteed pre-order within this window and then you'll be guaranteed three moments and I, I basically thought it might just tank then because everybody's going to be able to get uh moments everybody whereas you basically guarantee money if you get packs because they're somewhat limited. Yeah. Everybody's going to be able to get one within this window. That should mean it's going to over flooded with moments. Everybody's going to try and sell them straight away. But then, yeah, I got like three of the worst moments you can get. Like <laughs> CJ McCollum handles, Bradley Beal handles, uh, was it Malik Beasley handles? And I somehow made money. Like I just, exactly. Yeah. Even the worst moments possible, you make money. It's it's so then I sold those and then bought into our boy Darius Garland. Uh, like, but yeah, the withdrawals is insane. Um, it also costs $25 to, to wire the money to you. So the withdrawal minimum is 30, but they'll take 25 of that. So you get five bucks if you do that. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. I just didn't look at that part before I did it because I didn't think in 2021, someone could have such a terrible withdrawal process. I don't think anybody <laughs> did. Yeah. But then again, I've also won a fantasy league on, um, what is it? Team Team Safe is that the one? What's that? Bit? League Safe, League Safe in America. I won a league on that. I don't recommend winning a fantasy league ever again if you're on Team Safe. <laughs> league Safe if over here. So that process was some of their gambling regulations. Even though it's not gambling, it's just all the guys who win the league put their money together and then they hold it and then if you win they give you the money. That's all we th- I thought it was. But if you're not in America, even though that you sign up, they can only send you a check. So I won that comp that that fantasy league in end end of the December. I still haven't got a dollar in my bank account because it took <laughs> almost two months for that check to come here. And then 
I had this really busy period at work. With, I work in footy, people don't know, and I was building a lot of product before the season launched. I had really busy periods. I couldn't really go to the bank for an hour during during nine to five. I couldn't do that. That's cash an international check. So I went on a Saturday, and it turns out banks in Australia don't cash international checks on a Saturday. <laughs> then I went. I went a few times in. Like not like when the bank was going to open, I was like, oh, I'll see if I can get there. And even then, there's still the old people are queued up. I don't know why they go to the bank. I had a reason to be there. They go there to do whatever, deposit money. Anyway, I want to say that took me about a month until eventually I ended up going to the bank when my missus for her visa had a health check. I had to not be at work that morning, dropped it there. I went to the bank. They told her the health check was going to take two hours. I took longer at the bank to cash his health check than her health check Because <laughs> nobody gives those anymore. So I eventually cashed that check. That check now gets sent back to America. So that cost me the, you said the postage, it cost me 30 bucks to send it back to America. <laughs> back to the bank it came from. And then I get another transaction fee and then I will get the money <coughs> after the clears in the next 28 to something, or it was 28 plus, like two months of business days essentially. <laughs> I can get the balance back in. <laughs> so we're talking, it's been four, it'll be the start of the next fantasy season before I get my money. <laughs> So there is one process worse than Dapper. There's something weird thing about their because like, like Top Shot qualifies for like some weird NFT laws, not gambling laws, but again the SEC have involvement, so that's why you can't just like get your money out. So they'll let yes. people from outside America like put money in. But I don't even know what the verification process is for us because Americans have to give social security numbers and shit. What am I have to get, gonna give them? I don't know. Yeah. Tax file number. Yeah, that's all the hazy sort of yeah. thing about it. Like, I will admit, I heard about Top Shot uh, middle of last season. I saw someone post something about it. And I'm like, what, what, is, what is this? There's no, like, I don't see the, like, Which where are sport cards? I, I can hold the, the cards. They somewhat mean something, you know. I don't see sort of the, the value of that. Um, but then, yeah, I probably should have got in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same thing, Matt. YouTuber I watched kept talking about it in the trading card market. And I finally looked into it in December. And I was like, I made an account and there was still like a dollar moment. Didn't buy them. I was like, I want to get packs. Why not? And then, yeah, I just kept missing pack drops. And then one day out of nowhere, the market boomed. And if I had any of those dollar moments, like that week when they boomed, the cheapest moments were going for was like 25 to $26. Yeah. So if you had if you had like a few dollar moments, you were laughing. I think I think you are right in saying as soon as people are going to get the, like the ability to take their money out, you're taking you you're suddenly giving all this circulated money and out, and yeah. a lot of it people are just going to cut money and run it. And probably like I don't think it's a crazy like prediction to say that they're going to pump money into high end sports cards with all this sort of new cash. That's exactly uh, that's the problem. My plan was with this was to exactly do what you just said. Yeah. I'm like, I can finally buy my Luca rookie card during this dip. I can get this money out and put it straight into a PSA 10 Luca optic. But no, I can't because I probably get the money by next season. <laughs> that was exactly my plan. So you've you read, read everyone else at the book probably. So that's I've been sort of uh, worried that sports cards is going to like I think it is going to happen eventually. Like there's just too much especially the sort of some of the processes the fact that people use ebay comps and they might not actually be real that like you can't tell whether that's money paid um there's a lot of loose ends um but i think 
the top shot money is going to give the sports market a second wind, whereas I thought it may have been tailing off at one point. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that similar, like collectors, um, and obviously there's a lot of like uh, investors, um, it's sort of it's becoming intertwined anyway. Um, I think that might give it sports car, particularly at the the top end, sort of Jordan rookies, Luca rookies, or PSA graded stuff. Um, give it somewhat of a second wind, because um, it was yeah, to me it was looking like it stuff had slowed down a little, but then sort of vintage took off. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like the top shot, I don't think top shot's going away because like it's NBA official sponsored. Yeah. Owners of teams are pushing it. It's being pushed in the coverage, and at the moment, the NBA is making nearly a million dollars a day off it. And the like, players, doing, the players are pushing nothing. it as well. Yeah, so doing like, nothing, the NBA is making million dollar million dollars a day off of it. So I don't think it's going away, but I do think it's going to absolutely lose its ass, crash out in a few weeks. When everyone gets some money out, and then it'd be, you know, maybe I might, as I said, buy some cheaper moments and see what happens from there. Yeah, but, but, like uh, like you said back at the start, like when there were the dollar moments, when I eventually got my act together and had a look at it, which has been like what three, four, yeah, three, four weeks ago now. I was um, look, I just thought I'll just Google, I'll have a look at the Pistons moments, see what they've got there. There was like one moment for fourteen dollars, and it was like some Mason Plumley crap. And then the rest was like just some, and then everything was like ninety hundred bucks plus, like Jeremy Grant layups and, you know, like yeah. I, I, I if this is boomification, I have been boomified the hell with, yeah. with Top Shot. I just I don't yeah. I I I don't get the internet. I'm I'm sitting in my retirement home eating applesauce, yelling at Top Shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of it doesn't make sense either. The values of those cards, like, because I went in with my card knowledge of print runs and all that kind of business and whatever. And so there's cards in there that are out of 2,000, cards out of 35,000. It doesn't seem to fucking matter, the print run. it's And because you can see, unlike eBay comps, you can see the list of every single card for sale and the price they're sold for. It could be one random day, some random card could just tank. Someone could just sell, they could have, some one person could have owned, say, 10 of this one card. Couldn't have checked comps and might have gone and listed 10 of that one card halfway underneath comp. That price never goes back. <laughs> like they reset the market like that and it doesn't go back it doesn't bounce back because nobody knows anything's actually worth <laughs> you know like whereas at least with ebay stuff and those i know those comps suck often as tim said but you can have you can draw a, a line of worth over a long period and go well there's only that's a blip on the radar we'll balance that out and i know again you can see fake ebay sales but if you are on ebay looking at that comp if you click on that sale and it didn't get paid you will know you click on it and you can see it's oh that wasn't paid cross a line through it because you'll see it was either relisted or it was cancelled or that kind of stuff it goes away eventually mm. but top shot it's like the market moves without explanation <laughs> like it just so it's just a, it's a crazy ride, ride and like you'll so see what? like one day like Chris Middleton one day tanked for no reason this really good card of his like more than when all the cards are worth money he had one that was worth one day it was worth like fifty dollars. Next day someone sold a few for like thirteen bucks, and all of a sudden he was a thirteen dollar card. <laughs> like down there with the the Ish Smith assists and your Mason Plumley blocks. There was this Chris Middleton jump. Oh, shot. this was not a block. Yeah, there you Probably go. Well, that's well, a well, very rare block. Mason Plumley card though. <laughs> but, um, nah, he blocks a lot. Um, now the way I characterize Top Shot, or like the way I compare it in my own mind to try and understand it, is I don't know if either of you have ever played FIFA Ultimate Team, but the like the markets in that because like that's effectively an nft as well where you're buying cards to use in the game 
And at the start of every game cycle, the market is like 300% what it really should be just because the there's no... It's like you talk about everything. It's like the reverse Top Shot almost because like Top Shot started off cheap as and then just randomly boomed. Mm. But it's the total opposite where you'll get like things that'll be worth to use money terms, even though it's not money. Um, it's coins, but it, it'd be like 10, like 100 bucks in September when it starts. And then after like a month, bang, it's down to like 10 bucks. So that's just the way I, I've used my like one knowledge of like some vague online non-fungible market just to try and understand Top Shop because it, I just characterize it as, and then yeah, like once someone cuts the price on any of those cards, uh, any of those items, it, that's it. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've just set a new price. They have, and like you look at some of them too. Like it's it. You talk about hype of of uh, like an NBA hoops product and similar that lasts a week or two. Top Shot is so in the moment that the hype can last forty five minutes. Like they can announce, they'll drop an announcement on their Discord that they're putting on rookie badges. Like rookie moments will now have a badge that say it was a, their rookie year moment on it, for example. So on that day they did that, you know. The rookies market all boom, but on that 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 day, so Isaac Okoro's card went down to a dollar one hundred fifty dollars. On the exact same day, it went up to four hundred dollars, and then two days later, it's back down to one fifty. It moves so fast. It peaked at four hundred, and then like twenty minutes later, it was back down to three hundred. It moves that quick. It makes no sense, and like you can get caught holding the bag. Like if you were buying, oh, Okoro's on the way up, it's going to keep going. You're holding the bag without even knowing because, again, all it takes is one person who already owned that moment to go, oh, I'm pretty cool with actually taking $10 less than this price. <laughs> and it's boom, the moment's over and it goes back down because nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> None of us do. Anyone who says they know what they're doing on Top Shot is lying, which is fine. We're all here to make money. That's what happens. The fact that everybody is in it to make money is where you get those sort of weird anomalies. Whereas sort of investors in physical cards are looking to sell to collectors mm. in sort of the top shot ecosystem. You're just selling to someone who thinks they can make more money on it later. Like investors selling to invest it much more sort of stock market, I guess, um, set up. Yeah. A hundred percent, mate. Exactly what it's like, but with a way easier entry barrier, uh, ex- way, terrible exit barrier, but entry you can be, you can buy that moment within like, if you get a sign up 30 seconds later, you own that moment you wanted. Yeah, so it takes some of us three weeks to sign up because they just yeah. refuse to reopen their marketplace. <laughs> uh, they also did a thing which is um they were smart doing it, but after that period where everyone joined and they they um let everyone buy a pack, they limited you be able to sell your sell your cards to once every six hours. And they did, then it went down to like an hour or whatever. But if they didn't, the market would have crashed instantly because everyone wanted to sell those shit cards. <laughs> like, <laughs> they definitely manipulated the whole thing and got away with a lot of things you wouldn't have got away with if it was like an official financial body or whatever. Yeah, but that's I, I couldn't believe. Like, firstly, I was disappointed that I got like I knew I knew what I was getting myself. In. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna burn nine dollars because I'm probably never gonna see it again. Um, and then yeah, opened it. Maybe I'll get something cool. Didn't. And then just sort of amazed that I made, like, I say made money. The money doesn't really exist yet. But, like, yeah, with the worst, I think that might have coincided with, uh, are there, like, certain things where you need to own, like, three moments to be eligible for stuff? Yeah, I think that's sort of what helped me, like, unknowingly. But, yeah. The fact that just basically getting a pack guarantees you might... I guess that that's probably similar to if you find stuff retail at Kmart, I guess. 
Um, that's it, but, man. Like, yeah. My pack I opened, like, I opened that pack, the same $9 pack you're talking about, and I'm looking at what I got out of it, and I got a... um. I got an RJ Barrett, a Clint Capella, Eric Bledsoe, and a Dwight Powell. And RJ Barrett's a decent player, but it's out of a 35,000. And it was a high serial number, which for some reason, Ben, they matter. Like you said earlier, no idea why, but they seem to matter. Was the jersey number out of 35,000? <laughs> no, I was at 23,800 I got. <laughs> but like, I listed them instantly, right? And I got $18 for the RJ. I'm looking at them now. 18 for the RJ, 11 for the Capella, 16 for Bledsoe, and 20 for Powell. Pretty decent money because all of them, like, I'm telling you, 25, 30 minutes later, the RJ Barrett was going for like seven dollars. Like, it's it's like the on crack the idiocy we're talking about the Lamelo Lame- ball stuff earlier. It happens way faster and it makes no sense, but I, I made money. That's what I care about. <laughs> <laughs> you would have made money either way. You just would have made less money. Yeah. Oh, I still like after like I said, I I still burnt. I burnt three hundred of my profit easy. I'm looking through it like. I don't really feel that bad about it because, like, I've still made five times my money, as you guys heard earlier. But, like, I've burnt heaps of it thinking, oh, I'll just go buy the even rarer cards because rarity equals good. And <laughs> apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought some of those and, like, I bought, like, you know, a Series 1 Patty Mills card because Aussie, I'm an idiot. And then some <laughs> other ones, like, I bought, like, a, sh- a short print, uh, short minted. Damien Lillard and all them, and they all kind of tanked almost instantly. And I, I got almost, I got like seventy five percent of my money back, but because you know, I bought like a three hundred dollar card that I then sold for like a two hundred and twenty five, I sold it for whatever. You know, you eat into your profits pretty quickly. So you're you're moving the market, is what I'm hearing. No, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I mean, definitely panic sell in that. Sold. I don't panic sell on the trading cards because I kind of back my knowledge. I have to get. I have no idea what Top Shot's doing, so I've definitely panic sold a few times in the market. <laughs> Was there any any final thoughts on Top Shot? I think I've made myself pretty clear in that I I'm sitting this one out because I have no idea what's going on in general. But I'm just waiting for the tank and then validating me not buying it in the first place. Uh-huh. No, no, I thought so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. You've missed the boat, but I would still I if you want to I'd try and buy packs when they get dropped because it's as I said that's instant money. You've missed the boat on most of it, but uh, yeah, I'd still try and get packs if you're interested, like. It doesn't take that long. You queue up in a drop, and you'll know the moment. Like you have to join the queue before, right on the clock. So say it's six a.m. If you join the queue five fifty fifty nine, you're just in the queue. It gets randomized. If no, I understand. That's the only part of it I do understand is yeah. how to sit in for the other queue people who might not know. Other people yeah. who might not know, they do that. And then if you're in the top, say fifty thousand packs are getting open, you're top fifty thousand, you get in the pack. If not, just leave, and that's it. And that's I did it for a few times, and I got into a few of them. It doesn't take much effort. Definitely a bit easier than how much I've been trying to find actual hard trading cards as well. <laughs> I have like my, I don't know about you guys, but my my card website folder on my bookmarks is like 45 websites. <laughs> I check them daily. And yeah, I can't say I have a, I can't say I have a bookmark list. There you go. Well, yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, my, most of mine, like I wouldn't have even thought to go to Auburn in sport or whatever it was and then old mate over here was like oh by the way when you're back i found some pl- cards in auburn if you want to go you've totally ruined it by saying that place on here because if one person is into trading cards here they this. will be gone they'll be gone <laughs> yeah, that's it. They that's were, i was of... at, yeah they had two boxes i bought the guy had to 
So, yeah, we're talking about talking to people and it being embarrassing. The guy had to key them into their system. So I had to wait there for like five minutes as he just like worked out what what he was doing. Um, so yeah, they, they had two of the cello boxes. Uh, I took the first two and then we, yeah, we went back like a week and a half later and basically cleared out their second box. They had a ton of NFL stuff, but but it was just like Donruss hangers. Oh, I, I don't do that. Yeah, they're surprised terrible. to see them, to be honest. And he walked in there to buy an actual basketball and then walked out with that <laughs> end. Yeah, there is, if you can find a store that, um, they, they do exist. There's like random news agencies that have them. Yeah. You don't tell anybody. I'd love you to tell me, but if you find one of those stores, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anyone you know. Don't tell your mum, your best friend, nobody. You go back <laughs> to that store and that is your supply. <laughs> That, that's why the people that snitch on Facebook are like the best and the worst thing that happens. It's like, oh, yes, we're, we're in with a chance if we can go there and get it. But then also somebody would have gone and bought that within 10 minutes of it being on Facebook. Now, yeah. what they do is the person who snitches on Facebook buys the whole thing and then just watches all the lunatics come in after. Yeah. <laughs> no, I even walked into a, um, a news agent around, like next to the Kmart near me. And... It's got there's like a whole stack of AFL memorabilia in the window, so I'm like, oh, we're in with a chance here if they're just like selling general collectible rubbish. And I looked behind the and I was like hovering around, like did like the rounds, looked at some magazines, looked at some cards, like birthday cards, that, you know, just to like you know have some insurance. Like, oh, just having a look, thanks, mate. And then I was like hovering near the door, like side eyeing counter. <laughs> I'll never tell you what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> just hovering, hovering near the door, and you can see like I saw the um the 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 cabinet behind the counter and then I had to like properly look and yeah it was just like worthless Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh there's like 25,000 variants of Yu-Gi-Oh cards out now I've, when it was like one or two when I was growing up that was great but I don't Yu-Gi-Oh is also top shot I don't get it anymore but it, it's whatever but yeah I, I've given up hope of ever finding any hard product here again although there is a specialist card shop but I just can't bring myself to walk in there because a the prices and b I don't need the interaction no, I don't want to know who I am. <laughs> no, unless, although I even tr- I did try to buy um just general supplies off them, like because I haven't got any sleeves or top loaders knit like with me, and I went on their website and they weren't selling any, so I was like, well, I tried to support my local and I couldn't, so this is on you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Then mate, the local card shop is don't start me. <laughs> They're worse than me buying and flipping things. They get the supply and they get much cheaper than what we get at that retail and sell it for the same damn price I'd flip it for. In in fairness to them, they've done really well because they've set up literally across the road from Kmart. So they just yeah, they've mysteriously got all the retail packs. They just walk in there every day and then they'll know that eventually they'll hit on the Kmart supply as well as whatever they get. And yeah, no, I just I just wait for like breaks and lotteries and razzes and all that sort of stuff oh i've never won a raz i've done i've done more of those than i'd like to admit i did have one this guy did like four or five psa ben simmons's in a row and i like number the number eight i, I he went to the first three of them on number eight and of course the fourth one i was like i can't do this again number eight hit it and i, I wanted to hang myself <laughs> <laughs> should we explain what a raz is if someone's listened this far, they have to know what a Raz is. <laughs> they have all who've explained everything else. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, supposedly you're not supposed to call them that anyway, because they're like uh, ATOs cracking down on all this stuff is rife to be <laughs> authorities sweep through and find all this practice going on. PayPal, 
Oh, your friends and family, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have so many friends. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got many, to be honest, because I, yeah, I'll, I'll, like, look through the sales on the groups and then just never bring myself to... Because there'll only be, like, one thing I really want, and I'm not going to spend, like, an extra $4 just to get the shipping. So I just leave it. Like, I'm not going to stock up on, like, 25 different variants of the same, you know, RJ. I'm not going to buy a full, um, like, Rui Rainbow. So I just let it go. We didn't explain what a Raz is. We did a good job then. <laughs> I would. I, I wasn't going to, but it. I mean, it took me a while to figure out what it was myself. But yeah, it's just a, like you. It's effectively a break, but you'll just buy, like ten spots. Like there'll be ten spots or whatever at like, cut price. So like the, obviously the total price makes up what the thing is worth, but you're buying with a chance to hit like your spot winning the card at. What, like 10% of what it would actually be worth. So it's just like a dirty way to make money, really. And then the seller gets their, like, sale either way. It's a way to make slightly more money if you're selling a card, I think. Especially if you're selling a bigger card as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm just like, you'd set the prices at, you know, roughly above, like, slightly above market value. But yeah. then, like, you've got, like, all the little, all the seagulls clamoring around your hot chip, hoping that they'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just um, they're definitely a rule by the person doing them. But sometimes when you look at it, well, like when the people actually sell cards that are worth quite a bit, it's sometimes the only way they're actually going to sell that card as well. So I, I forgive those people. People who do it on like um, and they're luckily the NBA card market are banned it. They were worse than people just reselling boxes when they were doing like fat packs and they were getting like sixty dollars for the fat pack because it was in a Raz. Yeah, <laughs> go away. <laughs> I mean, I, I've exhausted the amount of time I can talk about trading cards and Top Shot and things I don't understand and things I wish weren't as expensive as they were. <laughs> I could talk longer, but we shouldn't. It's already been like seven hours, it feels like. Yeah. I had a good time, though. <laughs> Although the thing is, I like, I'll go into all these and I'll be like, all right, let right, right, I'll try and aim for like an hour. You know, an hour 20 will be like, and it's been two hours. Like, honestly, it's both flown by and dragged at the same time. Just that is the nature of the hobby. <laughs> and podcasting it, it, my other hobby <laughs> it, it gives so much and it takes no it takes so much and it gives so little but when it gives all it gives <laughs> oh, mate, it's one of those things nobody I speak to 95% of I speak to don't give a shit so when we have somebody who gives a shit you talk way too much about it That's yeah I was talking to Ben about that earlier the fact that you don't really get to speak to anybody about it because yeah nobody really cares slash nobody really knows what it is yeah, yeah I'll, I was trying to explain it to so when I won the um the Connie Hawkins signed photo, I was trying to explain it to a couple of mates, and I just felt like the the biggest idiot. Like yeah, so basically I spent a hundred bucks to like gamble to win a spot in this online break. Like oh what's a break? Oh so you explain what a break is, then you're like yeah, and I won the Lakers. Like oh the Lakers. Like yeah yeah, and then I won all these LeBron cards and this signed photo that's actually not worth that much, but it's a signed photo and it looks really cool. And then they're just looking at you like, yep, yep. How many of you had to drink tonight? Like, yep, yep. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I, I just don't bring it up anymore. Yeah, although my parents know about it because I spent money on it. That's the only reason they know, like, what even it is. But to them, yeah. like, cards are just like, how old are you? <laughs> well, my missus likes them now because, firstly, it makes me excited. <laughs> and then she knows that they make money out of them, but. Sometimes yeah, I'll rip a box and, I'll go, and she'll hear me, I'll be like, fuck yeah, or whatever. And then she's like, what'd you get? I'm like, oh, it's this card. And she'll look at me like, yeah. 
That's the one, isn't it? Like, yeah, she tries to fake the enthusiasm. She knows. Yeah, it's it's hard to fake. You, like, if you ripped a, an NRL box and you got a Pat Carrigan rookie, like, a, I, sorry, a Pat Carrigan. Oh, well, rookie. it did happen. So how dare you? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you saw I, it. <laughs> I meant an autograph, but you know, just any Pat Carrigan yeah. physical stock. Is that going straight in the dumpster? Well, I did. So I did buy the Scratch the Itch six NRL trading card packets, and it was exactly like someone was trying to troll me. I'm never <laughs> buying one again. I got a Pat Carrigan in five of those packs, <laughs> and then the other pack had one of my other favourite players, Aaron Woods, in it as the parallel, as the hollow pack. <laughs> but I, I was, oh no, sorry. And in one of the packs, I also had a Darius Boyd retirement card, which is worth money, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, it was like someone was trying to piss me off with that. So I'm never going back Please to that. Again. Was the photo him kicking the gender reveal ball? No, it wasn't, but it should have been. It was him in each jersey the team he played for. It. Oh, Jesus. I've got a Jeff Robson, one of them. One of my, my favourite treasured cards. <laughs> but yeah, the one thing my missus now gets, she did see, I, I pulled a, a Justin Herbert rated rookie, and I do think for NFL cards, he's, he is currently overpriced. Because he is priced like above like a Deshaun Watson and a Kyler Murray and similar. And no matter how good Justin Herbert is, he will always be in Patrick Mahomes' division unless he gets traded. That is going to handicap his career. So I think he's overpriced. But I've sold most of the gear I got from him. But this card is, is such good nick. I do think I'm going to send it to get graded. And now my missus heard that grading is good. And now she keeps asking me, when are we grading that card? <laughs> somehow she thinks this card is going to go away and it's going to come back as like a million dollar card that's how it works isn't it or it's going to go and come back in about two weeks when really it's going to be like four months yeah exactly it's going to be like nine months and you might like four break. months is that's yeah yeah, yeah wow yeah. <laughs> I, I might get it back by the time he misses the playoffs the second time <laughs> and then his cards just tanked and he's broken his leg or something who knows but i think i will grade it. i looked at it over pretty well it's probably not a 10 but I do think it's it might be a nine because it's really well centered. I did the center measuring; it's quite clean. But there is not—I wouldn't say surface marks. But I wouldn't say the surface is a hundred percent. Your dog hasn't got to it yet. No, he has not, mate. mate. He would never do anything to my stuff, pickles. No way. He would rather die than touch my things. It makes, <laughs> he's a good loyal boy. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I think that's probably the best—the best place to leave it. Uh, if you've if you've made it this far, then I mean, geez, kudos. It's, it's, a, very, it's a very niche specialist topic yeah. to sit and listen to. This is one of those one and a half or double speed things, definitely. Um, Probably talk at yeah. double speed, so that's going to be tough for people to. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To yeah. When you yeah when you pull the string and get going, it's yeah it's tough to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. As as always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at. Ben Esquag. I hate saying my name out loud like that, but it's the nature of the beast. Oh, also, before we go, I listened to Boom Rookies when I asked you a question and you said my name. You didn't say it right, but that's all right. It's fine. I don't want to be corrected. I like saying them wrong. People always <laughs> tell me they said their name wrong. I'm like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, do, do you want to give your Twitter or are you just going to leave it? Me? Oh, mate, just... If you listen to this and you don't know who I am from Boom Rookies podcast, I don't know. I don't know why you're listening to this, but Tim has an audience that listens for cards. I'm impressed by that. Or Ben as well, obviously. But yeah, get me on tw- uh, on Twitter at MitchD underscore nine zero. I probably won't approve your follow request. The queue is long. It's not like Top Shot. There's no guarantee. 
There is there is notable names in that queue, by the way. Gus Gould is in the queue. Not getting improved, but he's still in the queue. A few other journos. Join the queue. I will look at your profile. If I don't like the look of it, I'll leave you in the queue. So go ahead. Uh, and then there's... But you listen to me on NRL Boom Rookies. You can get that on Twitter, at NRL Boom Rookies. And also, if you're a Brisbane Broncos fan, I do Broncos Weekly as well, at Broncos Weekly on Twitter. I like how you said there's an audience for this. <laughs> Yeah, if there is, I mean, if they're still listening again, to, if someone listens to the point of listening us do this shit at the end, they are a big fan of you. <laughs> Honestly, my best mate was like, I listened to your podcast, and I was like, oh, why are you doing that? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Tim, just, I mean, just yeah, do it. I haven't, I don't think I've tweeted since, like, January, but you can find me at, what is it, Tim R. Ray. <laughs> what is he? He doesn't even know. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big user. I'm a big scroller. I'm not a big tweeter anymore. Oh, the classic lurker move, mate. If, well, if you want to lurk into a DM, Tim's there. He's in his DMs. <laughs> I think they're open too. I might have to call them. <laughs> um, yeah. Jesus. No, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. I don't know what it's going to be about. It's very off the cuff. <laughs> I um, think I'll be there, so yeah. Yeah, you'll probably be well, Let's be honest. It, it's going to end up being co-ownership at some point, but... Uh, this intro's gone. Uh, this outro's gone way too long. So thank you and goodbye. <laughs>